himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Ah, Bugs Bunny. I, uh, honest to God, now I know what it's like getting old. Like, oh, you kids with your things and your stuff. And I was, I did a video earlier today about how I remember my good buddy Hammer. I won't mention his first name as I didn't do in the video, but he had uh, the one of the first laptops It was black and white. And there was no internet, there was no wireless, and I was just like, it was it was modern day technology. Like, oh my gosh, I could play this video game forever. Then I go back, <clears throat> and uh, we're going in the opposite kind of direction now. Like the all the technology back in the old days was outdated, and ha ha ha, you had phones, uh, you know, like connected to a landline. Uh, but then I was thinking about Bugs Bunny and the Warner Brothers cartoons, and like. None of you, I mean, even you millennials don't know what it is. Like Chris Beckloff talking about it. Oh, Darkwing Duck. Do, 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 Darkwing Duck. I mean, it was a good show, don't get me wrong. And uh, Bear Tales, Bear Spin. Tailspin, Tailspin. That was the one. That's right when I was about to go into high, uh, college. So I really did miss out on, like, uh, the Batman. And I really regretted missing out on that. Because the handful of shows and episodes I saw of the cartoon version of the 90s Batman. Oh, they're brilliant. They're great. They're great. But then you got these, uh, frankly, terribly sorry boys, millennial kids. You didn't have Bugs Bunny growing up. You didn't have Saturday morning cartoons. You didn't have Saturday morning cartoons. Let me tell you what a treat it was. What what a joy. What a... Uh, a tradition, one might almost say. You, uh, you'd get back home Friday night. And because you were prepubescent, you don't want to go bang no girls. You didn't even know girls. Like, oh, they're kind of icky and gross. They do weird things. Uh, little did you know that your genetics would take over you and ruin your life for the rest of your days. But you knew Saturday morning was coming up. And you knew that uh, not only would you have, uh, in the 80s, you'd have your Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Maybe you'd have Disney. Uh, but then there was this whole other genre of, of cartoons that came out in the 80s. And basically what they did, if you look back, they're horrible now. But you'd have He-Man. You'd have Transformers. Uh, but then there was this genre of, uh, they, they capitalized on the WWE 
and the video game. So it was like Pac-Man Hour, and then uh, you'd have the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. There was a cartoon. It was horrible. I guarantee it was horrible. You look back at it now, it was probably horrible. But you didn't care because it wasn't school. And compared to, like, school, which is a communist commune, anything that had joy or happiness of the slightest bit of color was amazing. If you're really lucky, you got to see Robotech. You get to see a little bit of Japanese animation. But, uh, that, that obscurity aside, you would look forward to Saturday morning cartoons. So Friday, you'd be all excited. Maybe if you had an Atari 20 on, you'd play your Atari 20s. Oh my gosh, can't wait for Saturday morning, Saturday morning cartoons. Can't wait for Saturday morning cartoons. And then, me and my brother and sister, we would get so excited about watching Saturday morning cartoons because that was the only thing we really had in our lives to look forward to. We would wake up at 4 a.m. It literally was like the, the pre-game show to the football game. Like, you didn't have anything else going on in life. And we didn't. We didn't. There was nothing else going on in life. It was just like, oh, our life sucks so much. Uh, well, well, we'll get up and wake up. So we would watch the U.S. Ag Report. <laughs> 4 a.m. Saturday morning. Because we were all excited. We are like, oh, my God, we can't wait for cartoons. Oh, my God, cartoons. Oh my God. And uh, we had the Snoopy Donuts, the Frosty Covered Donuts. We had the Snoopy Donuts. Oh, my God, the 80s was great. All the BS and the bullshit aside and the problems with divorce. Yeah, okay, yeah, that was a problem. <clears throat> that, that, that was a factor. But, my God, the 80s were great. Ronald Reagan, booming economy. Oh, and I remember the 70s, so I knew that the 80s were great, so I had something to compare it against, because I remember the 70s, like, we didn't have shit. But then the 80s came, oh, God, fucking Ronald Reagan. God bless him. And the cartoons got great. Uh, although I will admit in the 70s, uh, Fat Albert. Fat Albert, uh, Bill Cosby's video. I know you guys may not like him because of his recent things. Uh, but we, we with the Filmation. Um, oh, it was wonderful. But we were so excited about the cartoons coming up. We'd wake up at 4 a.m. because, we you know, parents go, oh, you got to go to bed. You have to go to bed. Why do we have to go to bed? Because that's how we've done it. God dang it. We're baby boomers. We know so much. And so they send us high IQ, high energy kids to bed at 8 a.m. or 8 p.m. And we wouldn't fall asleep anyway. But uh, we would fall asleep inevitably. And then you were so excited about the cartoons. Like, you know, once you had to wake up to go pee or something, you're like, oh, God. So we would go downstairs, and we'd go watch uh, uh, whatever was on TV because we were so excited about the cartoons. And it was like this this progression of of slightly lesser and lesser show um, uh, stuff. I know if you woke up at 3 a.m., you could watch The Streets of San Francisco uh, with Michael Douglas, uh, Kirk Douglas, the real man, the one with the penis. Yeah, the masculine guy. Well, his son, Michael Douglas, went on to do great things by no uh, virtue of his own. Um, but uh, Michael Douglas was in uh, the streets of San Francisco. So we watched that at 3 a.m. That would last an hour. That was an hour-long drama. Didn't even know where San Francisco was. And then um, then would come on the U.S. Ag Report. I would watch that anyway, just because like we had nothing else. We were just like, oh, okay. You, we probably would have learned a lot. If we had slightly more mature minds, we probably would have learned a lot more about the U.S. agriculture industry. Uh, but, you know, there was that there was that uh, very farmer-looking guy from Iowa reporting on corn prices from Nebraska or whatever at, at, at 4 a.m. because farmers were getting up at that time. Um, <clears throat> then Captain Kangaroo would come on. Now, again, you kids don't know who Captain Kangaroo is. 
Because you, like, are in this modern-day world of, like, our laptops. I was talking to this little kid. My buddy's other little kid. I got many buddies with little kids. Apparently, they breed it or something. So there's, like, this little skinny uh, brunette um, uh, Jewish girl. I think she's 12. And she had this laptop. And um, I kind of maybe look out a little bit for my buddy's kids. Maybe I don't hate them. Maybe I know what it's like to be a kid. Maybe maybe I ask, hey, what do you want for Christmas? Even though she's Jewish, she wants Hanukkah, but it's the same damn thing. She says, I want a laptop that's thick, uh, skinnier than an inch. I say, skinnier than an inch? Well, how, how thin can laptops be? I mean, I mean, inevitably you need to have a little bit of girth that you can carry the darn thing so it doesn't like slice your wrist like a paper cut. Like, how thin do you want a laptop to be? You want to have a little bit of weight. I said, what's wrong with your laptop now? And I looked at its missing keys, which is why I asked. I said, do you need a new laptop? You know, I could probably, I got a buddy. <clears throat> he repurposes laptops. He gets something on the cheap. You know, 12-year-old kid. Well, when I was 12, I could have. I had a job back then. But anyway, uh, so I'm like, what, what do you, do you want a new laptop? Oh, yeah, but it has to be skinnier than an inch. I'm like, what, why does it have to be skinnier than an inch? What's wrong with you? I remember when they're almost three inches thick. What what do you need it is skinnier than an inch? And then she just rolls her eyes, you know, because apparently I'm out of it. I, I'm not with it. You know, I'm not a 12-year-old kid in middle school. Oh, the cool kids all have it one centimeter. I said, no, I'm not going to get it. I said, look, I, can't, I got a buddy who could get it. you like, you know, 100 bucks. Pretty good deal. Very good laptop. It doesn't have missing keys. Oh, God, is it thicker than an inch? I'm like, what does it matter? Like, you know, what? maybe it'll protect you from a bullet if it's thicker than an inch, you know? Anyway, this kid is clueless. Kids are clueless. They have no idea what, what they missed out on in the 80s. No idea. And so uh, after Captain Kangaroo, <clears throat> um, then you get, like, uh, the early morning cartoons. They weren't the greatest. Rainbow Bright, how many of you remember that? Anybody remember Rainbow Bright? My my uh, my uh, my sister, she was all she liked Rainbow Bright, and then uh, Strawberry Shortcake. God, all my ills are pointless. The, the female cartoons really were second grade. You could tell they were very affirmative actiony. Hey, here's some little girls dressed up in puffy outfits doing stuff. And the, we tolerated me and my brother like, oh, this is this is kind of gay. Even though we didn't know what the word gay meant, we we're like, this is kind of gay. Um, I don't know. Well, uh, the, the bad guy with the snidely whiplash mustache is gonna, you know, Rocky and Bullwinkle. We knew Rocky and Bullwinkle. I'm like, well, that's no snidely whiplash. That's some guy with a gay hat, with a with a Robin Yount mustache. What the hell is that guy doing there? And then that would end. But then then you get into the He Man and the Transformers and the Bugs Bunny. Then you get into the serious hardcore shit. Then you have the main game on. You were ready to get like, oh boy. And then, oh man, we'd watch those cartoons. And then you had your afternoon. You had your afternoon. Oh, it was wonderful. And then you go out and play. Because about 11, certainly 10, 30, 11 o'clock, then all of a sudden it, it switched to like daytime soap opera shit. Or like talk radio or talk television show. And there were no more cartoons. Once you saw actual video, like, I, no, I, no, no, no. Get outside and play. And we did. We'd go play. We'd go play. Oh, my God. Would we go everywhere? 
hop on our BMX bikes. It was like the Goonies. It really was. You wonder why the Goonies was such a successful video or, or a movie. It wasn't because it was young kids trying to be Indiana Jones Juniors because they had bikes. It's because they had bikes. And kids were allowed that vast amount of autonomy and uh, sovereignty over the childhood. Like, you could bike, really. My parents had no idea. I was, I was like 30 miles away at times because I had a 10-speed bike and I was a great cyclist. But when we were kids, we were out playing around and, and all going to this thing. I almost drowned one time in this bog. I thought I could walk across it. I couldn't. Seven years old. Thank God it only came up to my chest. If you want to talk about a really, really uh, 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 threatening and scary uh, childhood experience, that was it. Because he just kept sinking. Thank God I was able to like grab off onto the side. The old captain should have been a, dead a couple times over. But we were out there. We were running around. Hey, this was, you know, biking, going to the town next door. And, you know, it's kind of funny now you drive a car. You know, the town next door is only four miles away. But when you're pedaling on a pedal bike, it might as well be a foreign country. Might as well be a foreign land. Oh, sunny out, summer. You go out and you, you go find frogs and you find turtles over in the bog that you almost drowned in as a kid. Then you play Atari 26, so the old kids had the Atari 2600. They wouldn't let us play. They just, and then they gave us willies. Not wet willies. What they, I, got a, I got a wedgie one time. Some kid over in Pewaukee, Wisconsin, just decided to come up to me and give me a wedgie. If I ever find that fucker again, I'm going to fucking murder him. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't even, wasn't even called. Like, you know, just, just like, hey, there's this kid. And I, I was like seven years old, you know. Seven years old. Think about it. How, how much of a... See, when you're seven, you don't realize, like, you're fighting other neighborhood kids. And, like, you got to... You think, like, okay, I got to be an adult now. But I got to think, like, what... what, How big is this guy's pussy that he had to go give a seven-year-old a, a wedgie? Now, he could have only been 10 or 11. He was a little bit bigger than me, but not by... It wasn't an adult. Don't think this is, like, pedophilia or anything like that. I always love that about bullies. Oh, my God. Look, if you're a nerd, you just happen to be a small guy like me, you have every right to use weapons as far as I'm concerned. Every right. Because that was the thing. It's like, oh, what are you, a pussy? Yeah. And bullies bullies are the big... They are. They're the biggest fucking cowards. They're the biggest fucking cowards. They always have to make sure that they're, like, not not just slightly bigger than you, but significantly bigger than you. Like, they got 30 pounds on you and an extra five inches of reach. And then they got to make sure that they always got their buddy. This is why if you're a nerd or you're a square or whatever they're calling it nowadays, you absolutely have the right to use a weapon. I, You absolutely do because it evens the odds. Because they got a bigger weapon. They got their larger body. They got genetics. That's the one thing I didn't even realize until I was a little bit over. I'm like, what? What fucking cowards and pussies? They were never picking on the guy their own same size over at the football team. They were never picking on the football player or the basketball player. They're always picking on some little kid because that's how inferior and insignificant fucks they are. Now, I've talked about this before. Somebody put me a request in over at Asshole Consulting. What happens to bullies after high school? And I looked up a couple of my former bullies. Uh, and I'm not joking. A third of them are dead. Either through suicide or they just picked on a slightly bigger guy than them. They actually were honest. They actually did grow up here and pick on someone their own, pick on someone their own size, and that guy their own size killed them. Um, 
I won't mention his name, but one, this mental psycho fuck, and I hope his parents are miserable that he died. This guy died at 19. Uh, this guy's dead. And he tortured a bunch. He was a high school and he tortures us middle schoolers. And just this, and all the teachers are typical fucking public sector Democrat pussies. They would never stand up to him. Um, but that guy, he picked on the wrong guy that wrong day. And that guy's wife must have pissed him off or lipped off to him or something because now that guy is dead and he's buried into the ground. And then uh, pretty much every other bully I had to deal with is is a loser. I mean, they got pathetic lives. I've looked them all up. There's only one, only because he joined the military, uh, that's doing quite well. And um, and that, that still does irk me a little bit. That's the one that I, I kind of like, yeah, what's he doing? Does he have family? Does he have kids? Oh, he does. Oh, he's got, he's got an exposed flank. Huh. That's a nice little tidbit to know. Cappy, are you going to go kill his kids and his wife? No, no, no. I'm just going to fuck his wife. Actually, no, I'm not even going to bother with him. Life is too damn good without him. <clears throat> but that, that, that one does kind of irk me. I was like, oh, that's that one guy. You know, statistically speaking, some people turn it around. He Okay, let's put it this way. This guy, there was no way he was going to succeed. Uh, and the fact that he all of a sudden became very successful within the military meant, I guarantee he went to the military and somebody like, you know, the drill instructor, somebody cracked a skull or two and turned him around. Uh, that still doesn't change the fact. It's like, yeah, how old are your kids now? Eh? Stand, uh, that's nice to go to college, huh? That's nice. Your wife's over there by herself, huh? Oh, that's very interesting. You uh, you got the same route you always go to work at, huh, there, old chippy boy? <laughs> oh, 10 years ago, it might have actually been a concern. You know, like, oh, hey, well, we no employment prospects. Uh, now it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, thank God the economy's good. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm only being half dark because uh, we do know that there's a lot of other gentlemen and, and men, women too, I guess, but... If the economy gets really bad, they just, like, go off the deep end and fucking start killing people. Life has never gotten that bad for me where I just decide, like, I'm just going to be, like, I'm going to pull a fucking Muslim and go start murdering people. I'm not going to pull a, a virgin towel white kid from fucking Aurora, Illinois, and just start blasting away people at a at a, uh, at a movie theater. I, I've never understood that. I never understood that. This random wanton killing of people. That, that I don't get. I don't care how psycho or mental you are. Okay, maybe you're truly mental, like the guy over in Vegas. Right, he, he just he just flew off his lid. There's no science or logic behind that. But the Muslims I don't get, where, like, I'm going to randomly kill a, a group of people with my truck. Well, what if some of those people are on your side? And I'm not, let's, let's take uh, whether or not we believe with radical Islam or not. Like, how did you not, I mean, how did you know that the people you were running over were against you? You know, what if they were on your team? What if they were typical, pathetic European, uh, you know, female whores that were just all like, I'm sorry, immigration, oh my God, I was told to think this way, I'm so independent-minded, come here, ah, oh, welcome to the refugees. Like, what if they were on your team? And then you just decide to run over with a truck. So that's why I'm thinking like there. I think there's a little bit of mental insanity. Well, obviously. But like you, you didn't. 
think about? You just randomly kill people? Is it like you're so frustrated and pissed off with life that you're like, oh, I gotta just, and I don't care who I kill? Because it seems to me, from a logical standpoint, I know this is a very dark, macabre topic we're talking about, but if you had an ideology or a purpose for killing people, you want to make sure you kill the right people. But then when it comes to either being a Muslim terrorist or these crazy white dudes, not a lot of black dudes, not a lot of black pedophiles, not a lot of black terrorists, just pointing it out, just pointing it out. Hang on, let's look this up. What is the percentage of pedophiles that are black? You gotta, you gotta admit, it it is purely the monopoly of middle-aged white dudes that are the uh, uh, pedophiles, black pedophiles. I'm sure this won't ever come up on a Google search. Black male pedophiles per capita in the United States. Exposing black pedophiles. There are more black pedophiles than any other race of sex crimes. Really? Really? I know whites are a much higher percentage of the population, but I i mean, how many, which race has the most perverts and pedophiles? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Topics.com forum. White people have taken a narrow lead, I see. Should be interesting. Same percent non-black baby rapes and shock South Africa. Well, South Africa has a huge black population. That's... Okay, all right, this isn't scientific at all. 1% of black men are registered as sex offenders. Okay, that's pretty small, I think. 1% of all black men in the United States are registered sex offenders, and black men enter the sex offender registry at nearly twice the rate of white men? Really? Really? Is it just that the white dudes pull off some more amazing, shocking, mass-murdering kind of things that... No. Really? I'm not cheering for one team or the other. I just, I just like, noticed a, a very complete absence of, like, yeah, this black guy was diddling some kids. It seems to be a guy named Morty or, um, or, uh, Steve, you know, who's kind of overweight and beady eyes. It's predominantly white. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with my eyesight on this one and not, uh, not this research. Once they revealed that a war on sex offenders appears to be gaining steam, just as the war on drugs has lost its cultural legitimacy, the number of publicly registered sex offenders is on the rise and is disproportionately from the same group that is targeted by criminal justice authorities, black men. No, no, they're not disproportionate. Let's knock that shit off. UB Albany, assistant professor of sociology, Trevor Hope. Go fuck yourself, Trevor. Stop committing crimes and you stop getting arrested. Um, 24%. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm not listening to Trevor. Um, based on what I've seen, it's still predominantly middle-aged white dudes that got the pedophilia thing going on. Um, what science reveals about pedophilia? Yeah, you know, this is a rabbit hole I don't care to go down. Black male top pedophiles crimes per capita in the United States. Really? (laughs) I got a picture of Michael Jackson. All right, really? Come on. Uh, white, anti-racist, Tim Weiss, whites are most likely to molest children than any other race. This goes back to some stereotype of the creepy, nerdy, weirdo white guy who can't get laid, so he molests kids. Well, yeah, I kind of, what, 
Again, I don't trust the media and I don't trust academia. I really don't. Um, maybe I'm wrong, uh, but it's it usually typically is a white guy who is a beady-eyed, creepy, weirdo, nerdy motherfucker who can't get laid, so he molests kids. Yes, I don't want kids getting molested. Now, if you're worried about getting shot, yeah, then stay away from the black guys from Chicago. But if you're worried about getting molested, yeah, stay away from the creepy, nerdy guy who's fucking white. Uh, percent of cho- total ch- uh, stats, all right? Well, where are the stats? Preventabusenow.com. White, 51%. African-American, 25%. Okay, that's twice the rate of um, of their population. Relative to their population likelihood of abuse compared to the background population rate, American Indian, 100%. Wow, really? I, I still am suspect of this uh, of these statistics. I'm glad we went just right down the toilet from 1980s cartoons to what percentage of, of uh, minorities rape their children more than others? So American Indians are twice as likely, blacks almost twice as likely, Hispanics no difference, whites minus 35%, Asians minus 67%. Ah, I, I... The the larger point isn't like who's raping or diddling their kids more. The larger point is this is one of those instances where I want to exercise true independent thought because I don't trust anything online anymore. I don't I don't and then not online. I, I just don't trust the media. I don't trust academia. Academia is completely worthless. I don't trust them at all. This is why I look at like even I don't even trust economics. You go to the OECD and like, oh my gosh, these cars are emitting th- these countries are emit- emitting this much carbon dioxide. Like, yeah, I don't care about that. I really don't. Just tell me what the GDP figures are and the unemployment figures are. That's really all I want to know. And then when I you know I, I look this up, you know, if you search black pedophiles, I'm sure you're going to have some selection bias. Let's, let's try white pedophiles. White pedophiles. Alt-right French protesters. Why are most pedophiles white? YouTube. Pedophiles New York. Corey Feldman led molesters. Well, if we took out all the Jews in Hollywood that were pedophiles, would we? Would that change the statistics? I'm kidding. I'm so kidding, but not at the same time. The truth about pedophilia wants like to be a 17-year-old. Why are there so many white men on the news for being pedophiles? All right, let's go with this. I know, I know. It's selection bias. Kind of cost of police units, but black on black crimes, Kurdish Chinese gain. Surely it must make sense to open up a unit that primarily looks into the phenomenon of white men and kitty abuse. Okay, huh? I haven't. Which figures are staggering? Uh, I got no figures. There's ignorance as me. I just see a bunch of middle aged white dudes with beady eyes, diddling little kids. What about mass murderers or, uh, not mass murderers. Well, Stalin and the Russians got it on that one. It's between the Chinese and the Russians. Um, what do they call it? Uh, not stalker. What is... Um, where they kill the same people all the time and they make furniture out of people's skin? What is that? The Jeffrey Dahmers? Who, who are those guys called? Not mass murderers. Uh, it, oh, shit. Hang on, Jeffrey Dahmer, let's look at it. 
Jeffrey Donner, rape, murder, dismemberment. 17 men and boys. Ugh. Ugh. Involved necrophilia, cannibalism, and a permanent preservation of... Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Serial killer. That's what it... All right, let's look up serial killer. Uh, uh, serial killers by race. I think White's got a domination on this one. All right, here we got a PDF file. Look at this, mamotasp.radford.edu. Here's a here's a study. Serial killer myth number six. They are all white. Well, I don't think they would all be white, but I just okay. Hang on. Here we go. Serial killer statistics. Aren't you glad you tuned into the Clary podcast, guys? Based on Reverend Bob, but a person who gathered in 4,743 cilia killers. Oh my god! How many of these guys are out there? You'd think there'd be one every million. There's more than one every million. There's like a hundred every million. Oh, that's scary. All right. Uh, decade. They do it by decade. Holy shit. The amount of serial killers in the United States triples in, from 1960 to 1970 because you baby boomers are like the greatest fucking generation ever. Oh, hey, look, it came down dramatically. Like, 1980 was the peak, and now we're down to like one-seventh. Uh, that's good. That's good. That's going down, obviously. Two or more, three or more. Definitions of a serial killer. I kind of want to do a race here. Bear with me. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay. U.S. serial killers percentage by race and decade. Um, well, we know whites are... What? Really? Blacks are the highest? Holy shit! It's 60% of the serial killers are black. But whites were in the lead back in 1980. Okay, all right. Maybe this is where the... Uh, the myth or the legend comes from. Blacks were totally in the lead. Maybe not relative to their population, but they were totally in the lead up until 1980. And now blacks are the predominant uh, mass murdering serial killers. Asians have improved a bit. Native Americans haven't. Native Americans have gotten peace with one another. Holy shit, who knew? I wonder how many of that is like, oh, yeah, I just, like, shot a bunch of people who were in the opposite gang versus, like, no, some weirdo Jeffrey Dahmer guy that made lampshades. That might be the difference. Uh, gender by decade. Uh, men are men are predominantly, well, you go back to the 1900s, women killed a lot more men. Like, 1900s, like the 1900s. And now men are obviously predominantly the, the vast majority of serial killers. 93% women are only 7%. Alright, well, I'm glad, I'm glad we went down this dark rabbit hole. I'm glad we spent the last 30 minutes and 12 seconds talking about this. So, Alright, it is the Clary Podcast. How you kids doing? Uh, let's do a little bit of sponsors here, and then maybe I'll get on to the news. Uh, businessbuyeradvantage.com. Let me read it. Let me read the script. 
In order to get ahead and take advantage of tax laws and maximize your lifestyle, you need to be in business for yourself. It's faster, cheaper, easier, and less risky to buy an already successful business than it is to try to do a startup. Access tons of free information about how to go about buying and selling a business at businessbuyeradvantage.com. If you like what you see and you want to go deeper by talking, taking the Business Buyer Advantage online course, use the discount code CLARY to get a special price. I didn't even know I had a, a discount thing. So like if you go there, take his classes online, and you mention Clary, you get a discount. Uh, but the larger, more important point, uh, David Barnett, uh, I had him on the show. I did a, an interview with him, uh, not because he's a sponsor, but because he does offer a very valuable service. If you guys are looking about buying a business, because I know a lot of you don't believe in the 2% dividend yield you're going to go get over in the, the stock market, um, before you buy a business, before you go into entrepreneurship, maybe have this guy take a look at your business that you're interested in buying. He sees things that I don't. Like a perfect example, you know, the old Clearmeister don't know everything. Um, but he was talking about how people want to go buy a franchise, but people typically sell a franchise right before their franchise lease or contract is up. And when the, that lease renews, well, then you got to spend another $100,000 on updating your Taco Bell or your McDonald's to have the newest and latest, greatest, you know, uh, gimmickry or marketing materials or the latest layout and all that. Uh, so it's stuff like that that, you know, you don't know unless you've been in the business that he's been in the business. So please contact David Barnett over at businessbuyeradvantage.com. Um. Praxy, you guys can download the Praxy app and contact me directly at $2 a minute. Remember, there's a $25 connection charge. So please have your questions ready so we can bang it out as cheaply as possible. JacobsAdultPlayground.com. Go there if you are about to go to Vegas. Uh, Ten minutes on his website will save you $100 easily uh, in, in saved Vegas expenses. Have you bought your nose hairs trimmers today? No? Why not? Go to the Amazon affiliate program. Go to CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Click on the Amazon banner. Do all your online shopping there. Remember, Christmas is just around the road. Just do your, all your online Christmas shopping through my, my website. Just do it at CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Click on the Amazon banner. What will happen then? Will I have to register? Will I be charged some? Will they ask for my social security number? No, no, and no. Uh, you just go directly to the Amazon website, but then there's a little bit of a code on the URL that tells him he came from my site. So when you buy anything on Amazon.com through my clicking site, you go to my site first, I get a 6 to 7% commission. So please, this, uh, this uh, fall, don't wait till winter, this fall, do all your online Amazon shopping uh, through my Amazon affiliate program. Do your Christmas shopping through that. Uh, make the old captain happy. We got my books, Reconnaissance Man, The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, Bachelor Pad Economics, Worthless, Enjoy the Decline, Curse of the High IQ, and Poor Richard's Retirement. All those are available online in paperback, Kindle, and audio, except for The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty because I haven't converted it to audio because I am a racist. And that's why I wrote a book to help black men get the fuck out of poverty. It's because I hate my black brothers. Um, It's sad. Like I kind of wrote that book with like a 30% desire that people would accuse me of racism and I could show them the book and say, what have you done for minorities? I helped them out. What the fuck did you do, you fucking liberal leftist hypocrite? But no, it's like they know. Like they know not to fuck with you. They can just sense like this guy will get in my face and destroy my little pampered liberal ass. 
He will expose all my hypocrisies about how I claim to want to help minorities and women, but I don't dare have the balls or the love to tell him the goddamn truth because really it's just about making me feel good and getting warm fuzzies from other people and getting elected. Like, they, they dare, they just can sense it. They just can sense it. And so no one's ever, I was kind of like, oh yeah, look at this, motherfucker. Did you, uh, did you write a book to help out your fellow black men? You did it? Well, fuck you and shut the fuck up. I've never had that opportunity. Never. Like, it's almost like I immediately wrote that book and then everybody stopped accusing me of racism. And it kind of pisses me off. Because <laughs> I just want to get up in their shit. Nah, I don't even get accused of sexism or misogyny. I get very little hate mail now. It's sad. I kind of want to like, hey, you know, hey, look, I'm a white guy over here and I make money and and I don't tell you liberal shit. And then like no one ever gets in. It's like, oh, all right, never mind. I'll just go away now. Thought I could get into an argument with you guys. Uh, but anyway, so all those books are available online. Uh, we have other people's books. We have Run Guts, Pull Cones, Pushing Rubber Downhill, both by Adam Pickett. Go to his site, pushingrubberdownhill.com. You can listen to Australian Masculine Wisdom. And you'd be like, oh my God, he, just, he says these things that aren't right. I don't agree with him, so he's sexist. Which I guess is like how millennials have been trained. I disagree with you, you're an ist. Ah, oh, millennials don't even get in my face. It'd be so easy to face them down. It's the great thing about millennials. They're all weaklings, too. Like, they're not going to physically beat you up. Could you imagine getting punched by a millennial? It'd be like a very weak slap by, like, a two-year-old infant. Just kind of, uh. then, then you'd have that look on your face like, did, did this millennial faggot just punch me? Or what he thought was a punch? And then you just open up all guns blazing on me you beat the ever-living shit out of his pansy the problem is it'd be it feel great to punch millennial boys because they're so soft it'd be like punching play-doh it'd be very soft on your knuckles it'd just be do you even have skulls or are you just kind of like a, a gelatinous mass of cartilage like, did your bones ever... Do you have cartilage or do you have bone? I'm wondering for the millennial boys. Which one is it? Oh, God. Just find these hipsters. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's not advocate violence. Let's just let them live miserable lives that they're condemned to live because they believe in lies. There's your, there's your ultimate. There's your ultimate punishment, Clary. There's your vengeance. There's your justice. Just like the bullies from the 80s and 90s. You know, well, they're either dead by their own hand or somebody else's. Or they're single father deadbeat dead fucks. Or there's that one guy that still somehow is successful. Their life is their own punishment. And that is really the millennial generation. Your lives are your own punishment. The Soviets, the Russians that voted in communism and thought that Vladimir uh, Lenin was a great guy, and Stalin was just Vladimir Levin, Lenin, Lenin, version 2.0. They they suffer their own pay. All you girls, I don't need no man. Fish bicycle, <laughs> and now you're fat and ugly, and nobody wants to have anything to do with you. And you try to make out with your government check, but you can't because you get paper cuts. 
It's really hard to French make out with a with a government check. It gets wet, then you gotta go. But then you're like, oh, I gotta cash it in. You always go to the bank, all you single moms, like because you're making out with your government check, and and you're like kind of like then the bank says, well, the, the watermark's all watery and messed up. Were you making out with this government check? And you're like, well, it's okay. Hardly at least the Obama loves me. The government loves me. I don't need a man. And then you got paper cuts. You go to the dentist. And it's like, wow, were you making out with the government check again? And you're like, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I don't need. I don't need a guy. Even though I cry to myself to sleep every night. What percentage of women cry themselves to sleep every night? I wonder what percentage is that. I gotta know. Like, see, I have this philosophical theory. And I don't think it's a theory. I think it's it's universally applicable. If anything, it's one of the most universal and powerful laws of life. Not just physics, but life. But, but physics, obviously, has a mathematical, to the calorie of energy, a mathematical balance of equilibrium. Everything has to balance out mathematically. In economics, I see this as well. To the penny, every inefficiency... Every government check, every welfare check, every parasite, there's an equal and opposite effect on those who produce it. Like, like it comes down to the penny, although unlike the laws of physics, we can't necessarily prescribe uh, accurate formulae and algorithms that would describe, but, but it's still there. But then I wonder, psychologically, especially when it comes to the sexes, like, the girls got all the power basically when they're young and youthful and beautiful and they're out there and they're pounding, woo! And they're like, and they just torture and tax young men with their beauty and their flaking and their whoring about. Not even, I, that would actually maybe bring about a little bit of balance. But how they put themselves out there. The great one himself, he did a podcast recently about how. He was pining for this woman. Pining's too strong of a word, but he, he he wanted a banger. He wanted to get together with her for like six years, and um, he it's not like he saw her every day. He ran into her. Their their circles, their their paths crossed uh, every great once in a while, <clears throat> and he would ask her out on a date occasionally. And I'm like, hey, do you want to? And then. Um, she inevitably, she'd always turn up, she'd say, yeah, sure, let's do that. That's the worst thing. Instead of just saying, no, I don't want to go out with you, she'd say, yeah, let's do that sometimes. And then we'd text her or call her, uh, then she'd never text back. And then one time he finally grew a pair and he's walking down the streets and he recognizes her. And within that market, it's a short period of time. He decided, no, I'm not going to say hi to her. He's like, hey, he's like, mm. and he just totally blew her off. She wanted to give him a high five. He just ducked underneath and kept on walking. And then when he was finishing his story, he was talking about how she was at a party. And guess what she was talking about? Why, oh, why can't she find a man? Now, I've talked to the GF. You know, I'm no, I'm no homo, no gay guy. But I'm like, the gray one's pretty smart. Like, I really enjoy his company. He is a really smart individual. I, I like hanging out with him. And once he could get past the ponytail and the other gay faggoty shit... He's not a bad-looking guy either. I, I, and I confirm with the girlfriend. I'm like, is he? He's like, you know, she's like, yeah, he could do it. You know, a 50-year-old guy. And he is that old, Mr. Piggott. He's an old fart about to die anytime soon now. Let's, let's appreciate him while he's here before he goes on to the ethereal world. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like, 
okay, I understand uh, maybe girls don't want a, a guy who, who lives, you know, below the median average, although he's a minimalist, so it's not like he's, he's not poor. He, he, he's just more efficient with his money. But that gal, a number one's complaint, she can't find herself. No, man. What percentage of you women out there cry yourselves to sleep? What percentage of you were crying yourselves to sleep at night and you didn't even know why? You didn't know why. That's that's all. It'd be a debate. Like that would indicate to me, like what percentage of you consciously understand your brainwashing and indoctrination versus what percentage of you don't know it, but you got brainwashed anyway. I'd imagine it's got to be eighty percent of you. Eighty percent. Okay, out of all the women, what percent cry them th- themselves to sleep? Got to be at least ninety ninety five percent. Absolutely has to be. At some point in time, you girls have got to be crying, and not not like anything bad happened that day, like you lost your dog or or uh, you lost your job or your dad died. Although I wonder how many of you would complain or cry anyway on that one. But it's like a Friday night or Saturday night. You girls, by the way, party, woo! You know, you got your little horse slut outfit on. And then you go, and, and every guy in the world, good ones, by the way, good and bad, I admit, they're not always great guys, but there's some good ones in there, and you reject them all because you had your bitch shields up, and it was all about you partying, woo! And, like, you, you got to get the attention, and you had to, you just had to crush those guys to show those girls who's in power and command and charge. And, and, then, and then you go home, and then you cry yourself to sleep. What, what, what percentage is that? I'd say it's shockingly high. It's one of those things I got a gut instinct about, which goes back to my theory on economics about universal universality and universal equilibrium. There's no way you can act that high and mighty and then not have a cost and consequence. There's just no way. There's no way you can be that delusional and high on yourself and think you're that much of a superior. You're not a superior race. You're like a superior ethereal being. There's no way you can be that delusional and when the real world doesn't conform around you and there's like not a guy coming out, like then you go home and you cry yourself to sleep. I guarantee you 90% of the women at one point in time or another went home. Not that there was anything bad that happened. The boyfriend didn't break up with them. It wasn't they lost a job and he got an F in school. They just went home and cried themselves to sleep because they unconsciously, I'd say 80% of those 90% of the women didn't know why. They all believe that uh, Cheryl Sandberg, is that the gal? Lean in. Miss Lean in lady. How much you want? She probably didn't love her husband that much anyway. Cheryl Sandberg, is that it? <clears throat> Cheryl Sandberg. Oh, yeah, this is the gal. Oh, she cries herself to sleep all the time. Or maybe not. Maybe she's just like so evil and cold and calculating. You know, she, you know, spouse. She was married before for a year. Yeah, he died. Unfortunately, he died. Um, you know, all the all the show and the flow and the flash and the cash you're doing up there, friend. I'm saying what people told me to say because I'm an independent woman, even though it's completely contradictory. I don't need no man. Why can't I find no man? I hate to be so MGTOWY, but it's true. It's so true. It's, it's, uh, oh, I just, and when you boys get, you get a little bit older, I mean, like, when you look at the nightclub scene, like, why the fuck did I ever go there? 
what the fuck was that all about? Like, it's loud, it's obnoxious. You, I, every once in a while, okay, I can understand if maybe you like the music, but when you go there and you're hitting on chicks, that's the only reason you're going there. Let's, under, let's be very clear what the nightclub scene is about. It's a place to go and worship undeserving women. It's a place for you men to piss away your money, throw it away on undeserving women. You think you're going to get laid. You think that's where you have to go. I know you've been programming and indoctrinated to go there. Thankfully, I think that the nightclubs are going away as more and more internet stuff comes online. And guys are like, eh, fuck it. It's the one thing I'll grant you millennials and Gen Zers a little bit of respect for. But when you when you look back, like, why do, why do we go there? What, what, it, was, it was merely to worship women who didn't deserve that worship, by the way. And they even rebuked your advances then. And then they went home and cried themselves to sleep. <laughs> oh man so if you could be smart you could hear the advice you know heed the advice of the old captain here uh, you don't even have to pay me at assholeconsulting.com but if you can heed the old captain's advice like yeah maybe maybe you shouldn't go to the nightclubs Maybe if you ask a girl out and you got your stuff together, you know, like you're a good kid, you're in the military, you got a job, you're putting your way through school, you're majoring in STEM and engineering, and you're in decent shape, you cover those bases, and a girl still shoots you down, that's the girl that's going to be crying, hey, can I find a man? That's the other thing. Men should totally realize when they're a good man. Nobody tells men that you're always not, a, you're not an adequate, this and that, girls are constantly shooting you down. You see what's on the television, like, God, I'm not George Clooney. I don't have millions of dollars and look like that. But in the end, you have to, like, I, I think men are too harsh on themselves. I think men and women are both too harsh on themselves. But getting back to the men, because women get enough fucking support and all that other bullshit from the public sector and the schools and the education establishment, so fuck you. Um, I think men never allow themselves to give them a break. No, I'm saying like, hey, you know what? You put your best foot forward. You did your best. There's nothing wrong with you. And you got to allow yourself, I don't want to say the hubris or arrogance, but the self-respect to reward yourself, the acknowledgement that you're a pretty good dude. You're a pretty good guy. Now, this all presupposes and hinges on you being a pretty good guy. If you're some neat, some fucking pathetic Unemployable, fat punching Plato, <laughs> millennial faggot. Now you, you then 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 you should just be you should be miserable about yourself. But if you worked out, you're in shape, got a job, work hard, support yourself. Maybe you're not a millionaire, but you support yourself. You ain't got no debt. Got a good STEM or engineering degree, or you're a tradesman, or you're an accountant, or whatever. And girls are still shooting you down then you need to know that they're the ones that are wrong. They're the ones that are wrong. They are. They are. It's not like, well, I know they got the right to their own self-opinion. They just don't want to bang you at that particular moment in time. But down the road, you go, I gotta find a man. It's like, uh, you know, I was the doctor, surgeon, engineer, astronaut, uh, fucking guitar playing, violin playing, um, computer programmer, dog rescuer and you didn't give me the time of day let us revisit our good friend the great one himself he was in the theater so he's got some culture in class he's also very educated ex-military supports himself got his own place 
that that guy, I mean, he may not be sexy. Well, actually, he's pretty good looking, but he may not be uh, sexy in the um, marketing sense. He's a damn good man. He's a damn good man. That is where, he is a good man. Where have all the good men gone? Well, they're down over in Fort Collins, Colorado, apparently. That's a good man. I guess women are misbelieved to think that they're entitled to a, a delusional man. Everyone's got to be George Clooney. Everyone's got to be like this. I just, fucking Christ. <clears throat> so you boys, don't worry about it. Don't worry about I know it. they're going to shoot you down. I cannot emphasize the importance enough. I did an article about it. Piggott covered this one. Leave no stone unturned. But when there are no stones left to unturn, acknowledge, acknowledge you've exasperated all explanations or excuses as to why girls aren't going out with you. There's a much higher statistical chance than you think, a lot higher, that women nationwide, universally wide, because of culture and indoctrination and all that, are more fucked up. And that's the reason you're not finding girls. Then it is like, oh, you didn't do X, Y, or Z. You didn't say the right things. Oh, my God, the, the level of, of eggshells women had us dancing around. Like, what did I do? Did I not do that? In the end, it's like, yeah, fuck you, you goddamn cunts. No, I'm a banker, ballroom dancing, motorcycle riding, astronaut, surgeon, Paleontologist Indiana Jones, da 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 da, and you still are, yeah, fuck you. Go cry yourself to sleep. And then when you're 42 and you can't find no man, and you can't I find a man, and then go get some lip cuts as you're trying to like provide fellatio to a government check. All right, this is all, this is still all advertisements. <laughs> Gary Lutz's vile podcasting his book. You can find it online along with Silvio Canto's book, Cubanos from Wisconsin. Please check out my good buddy Silvio Canto's podcast, Canto uh, Talk. And Gary Lutz, you can find him on FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com. America's two uncles, Gary Lutz and Silvio Canto. RationalMail.com, our good buddy Rolo Tomasi. Uh, Tomasi. Check out his latest book, Male, uh, Positive Ma- Masculinity. Uh, you can find that on Amazon.com. Uh, Marcus Brown, he's black, by the way. I have a black friend. You have a black friend? You don't? Well, you're a racist, so go shut the fuck up, you liberal piece of shit. Who are you ever going to complain? You said the N-word. No, I'm saying the N-word because it's in the title. Another book niggas ain't going to read. It's not niggers. It's niggas ain't going gone. Not going to, but gone. Another book niggas ain't going to read. Or as I like to call it, the book awoke for black folk. If you happen to be a black individual, male or female, and uh, my book, Black Man's Got a Poverty, didn't do it for you. Uh, perhaps Marcus's could. Uh, keep in mind, Marcus, unlike me, is black. So he can actually... And he's from Southside Chicago. So he can tell you a lot more. You know, I, I did mine for more of a philosophical economics. I did consult many young black men or old men, black men to get the advice uh, so I could provide a, a compelling argument. Uh, but Marcus's book is actually much more personal. Uh, and I think probably speaks much better to uh, the black community than what I could. But don't hate me because I'm white. I try my best as a white boy, which is better than most of the other liberal white people that claim they'll love you so much as long as you vote for them. They have their billion-dollar McMansions like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Al Gore. 
Perils of the Information Age, written by our Indian friend, East Indian friend, not Native American friend, East Indian friend. And he made, oh, there's this kid up in Canada. American Indian. He looks like a Marty Andrade. He looks like an Indian Marty Andrade. And Marty actually is part Indian. Um, but neither here nor there. But this East Indian guy, he wrote a book, Perils of Information Age. Look it up if you're worried about the roboticized economy. It's available on Amazon.com. And then, of course, Glorious Carl's book, Trade the Ratio. If you are either a novice, like you've never invested in precious metals, or you are not a novice, you have invested in precious metals, but maybe you'd like to trade in and out of them, make a little bit of free precious metals, consider buying the book and reading the book, Trade the Ratio. Uh, the first couple of chapters for, for rookie nobodies who've never been into precious metals before. And the later half is for those of you who are already into precious metals, but might like a trading strategy by which to go and capitalize and make a little bit of money online. So you can find those on Amazon.com and Bibbidi-bobbidi-bobbidi-boo. Saw two movies over the past week. Got bored, was doing way too much asshole consultants. I got to get out. Girlfriend, come. What do you want? I like, let's get out. Go to the movie. Let's get out. <clears throat> she said, and then um, I'm very finicky with my movies, as you know. Uh, but I was so bored. I'm like, I don't care. I just need a change of scenery. I'm sick and tired of looking at my desk. And so I got out. We went to see Murder on the Orient Express. I was like, okay. Let's see that one. And, um... Not that good. Not that good. It's exactly what you'd expect. It's very linear, not just because of the train, but because of, well, you're on a train and it forces you to be on a linear. Oh, who done it? It's just clue on a train. Uh, fine performances by all the actors and actresses. Don't get me wrong. It's just... Uh, and then it got a little bit way too theatrical and dramatic. And I was trying to figure out who the main actor was. I'm like, who, who's the detective? Who's this Inspector Clouseau guy? It was Kenneth Branagh. And then when you go through the ending credits, oh, he directed it. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a classical Shakespearean British really born. That's basically, look, look, let, let's just admit it. The history of the British Empire is, oh, hey, Romans. And then you guys go away for a couple centuries. And then, hey, look out, Vikings. And then, you, know, you go away for a century or two. Oh, hey, look out, Anglos, Anglos. And then the, uh, the French. And all oh, guys duked it out with the French a lot. And then, uh, oh, hey, we defeated the Spaniards. Look at our great, awesome Navy fleet. Let's go conquer all the world. Hey, and then, and then, oh, wow, our colony America just took what we did, but it made it cool. And that's, that's what America did. America took Britain, and we made you cool. We said, well, you got some great raw material, excellence, achievements, dominance, all right. But, uh, yeah, but you guys are too stodgy. Oh, well, hoodly lately dinkly dookly. Oh, yes, I'll have some tea. It's like, fuck tea. I want whiskey, and we're going to fight a whiskey rebellion, fight our wars over it. And we're going to come out with really great movies in Hollywood, and we're going to, and we're going to save our former imperial colonizing, uh, colonizing, colonizing uh, uh, overlords. We're going to save their asses twice, thrice if you include the Soviet Empire, thrice. Look, that's how cool and magnanimous and forgiving we are. And so then, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's all, it's very tame very subdued it's very well yes we shall go off and send off the british cow even when you're getting shut up you guys aren't even phased oh my gosh goodness tinkly wanklies that was french fired a barrage out of hey lieutenant yes i know you lost your right leg there sir and you're bleeding oh no problem captain it's just a mere flesh wound yes 
Order, order, there's no timing, there ain't no rush. Yes, why I do think that I should suppose to propose that maybe we should theorize about counterfiring. Man the batteries, yes. And then there's always some little quip, well, they won't see this coming, that's what James Bond got his all, you know, shocking. I know it didn't happen that way, I'm sure there was a lot of yelling and screaming, but just the way I've seen it. And then we come in, we're like, fuck, get the fucking, 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 fuck, fuck, fucking, fuck. Yeah. And that's, that's what we did. Um, anyway, so it also shows in the movies where he's like, oh, yeah, Kenneth Branagh, British guy. Yeah, that, yeah, that explained it. That explained, I mean, I was falling asleep. I was. I was falling asleep. Girlfriend dozed off, too. And uh, it was one of those things where we were so tired and so burnt out, and we just wanted to get out of the house. It's like, yeah, I don't care if I don't want to watch the rest of this movie. We're in this movie. So let's just stay here and chill out. So not, not worth your time. However, Justice League, same thing. Um, I appreciate all the, the extra work that I got on Asshole Consulting, but it was a little bit too much in addition to all that. And I had to get it all done before Thanksgiving. I finally caught up. I got a couple more videos to do, but... Same thing, two days later, I'm like, I've got to get out, i got to take a shower, i got to wake up, i got to go do something, i gotta, I got to walk around, and let's go to the same movie theater, but we'll see Justice League. And I had, I'd say, in between low to no expectations of this. Um, I, I didn't know where side, like, usually, like, when they did the Avengers movies, like, there was a movie for every major hero. Oh, we have the Hulk, okay, we got Thor, we got Iron Man. And I don't think they did one with Black Widow or the guy that shoots arrows. I think they kind of brought him. But the, the main character, the triumvirate of, of the Avengers, they, they did background movies on so you know where they came from. They didn't do the same thing with Avengers. You have Batman, but I don't even know if they made a Batman with um, Ben Affleck. Unless that was the one Batman versus Superman. Unless that was to introduce the two new characters. But Wonder Woman, she did her own thing. Uh, but there was no Flash, there was no Cyborg. Who else was there? Oh, and then Aquaman, he, he didn't look like Aquaman from the 70s cartoon. He didn't have that orange-green thing going on. He didn't really command any fish. He he looked like a, looked like a pro wrestler from the 80s with long reggae. He looked like a buff Metallica player who should be on the wrestling mat. And then I will agree with Chris Beckloff, the, the Flash, who's also a very key... Um, not only a, a Justice League, but his personality, at least in the cartoons, a very vital personality, because he's always trying to mack on Wonder Woman. He's always the ladies' man. He just reminds me of me. I'm kind of like, yeah, he's a cocky, arrogant asshole. He runs real fast. I could get, I, I could cheer him on something like, oh, they're going to get the... Well, his costume does suck, and he gets some rookie wet-behind-the-ears kid virgin to play it. Not, not a... Not like some, oh, yeah, 32-something in the prime of his life. He's really fast on us. on his feet. He's fast with the ladies. It's this. He reminded me of Spider-Man from uh, the last Avengers movie where they're all fighting each other. So I, I don't like Ben Affleck. I, I do like Gal Gadot. She did a great job as Wonder Woman. The problem is that the movie just sucked. Like, the script sucked. I didn't like it. I didn't like the plot. I didn't like the romance. I didn't like the drama or the bullshit. But Gal Gadot... Like, that movie introduced Wonder Woman perfectly. And Gal Gadot, not only because she's hot, doesn't hurt, 
But she does an amazing job. Like she's the perfect Wonder Woman. You, it's like Indiana Jones. Like you didn't, you can't even imagine somebody other than Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones. Although it was Tom Selleck who was supposed to play Indiana Jones before he was committed to Magnum PI. And then you th- sit and think about, well, yeah, he probably would have been a, a pretty good Indiana Jones. But uh, history being what it was, can you imagine anybody but Harrison Ford playing uh, Indiana Jones? Same thing with Gal Gadot. There's no way she just she just hit it out of the park. She's perfect. So I didn't like the movie, but I am for the character. And I was like, like, okay, she'll probably make it tolerable. Well, I watched the damn thing. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Not the best movie I've ever seen, but it kept me interested. I'm like, oh, how are they? Oh, another out of the world's alien space creature, you know? And he's going to have his minions come in. And uh, I watched it. All the actors did a great job. Even though they did not have previously well-established backgrounds, uh, they all do work together very well. Even Flash, the kid playing Flash, he, he kind of grows on you. And although he doesn't play a, you know, the accomplished 32-year-old uh, doctor engineer and he's a kid, he works real well with the rest of the team. And, uh, and of course, Gal Gadot did an amazing job. Um, and she is basically the Iron Man of the... Um, I keep forgetting, not the Avengers, of the, the Justice League. I know Superman is supposed to be like the leader, which is true based on canon. But in terms of like who's pulling the movie uh, series along, it's Wonder Woman. It's Iron Man. It's Gal Gadot. She's the, uh, the Robert Downey Jr. of this uh, Avengers remake of the Justice DC's Avengers. And it was, it was one, I was just like, oh, okay, good plot. Not too long. Even, Eve, I'll admit, Cyborg, um, he's not old enough of a character. He's not. He, he really shouldn't be in the Justice League. And if they want to do the affirmative action thing, they could have gotten Green Lantern. Green Lantern is your affirmative action hire. It wouldn't even be an affirmative action hire because Green Lantern uh, in canon was black. And even though the original Green Lantern movie failed miserably... Uh, you could throw in a Green Lantern. That could have been one of your, uh, we just got to throw that guy in. He's just the new part of the team. And, I mean, hell, get rid of, get rid of Aquaman. What does he do? Don't, I know he flies around and he stabs things with a trident. I don't really see how Aquaman, I understand the cartoon of the 70s because nothing made sense, but he had Apache Chief. Anybody remember Apache Chief, who's Indian, turned out real big? Well, Tom Hawk, and they just crew. He had more right to be in that. An Apache chief had more right to be in this movie than Aquaman. And Cyborg, he did good. I'm not saying the actor the actor did fine job. <clears throat> it was it was the character. Character, I don't think, wanted to be in there. But you definitely should have had Green Lantern. And then I would I would say you don't want um what's his name? You don't want uh, uh Aquaman in there, especially the way they portrayed him. And there'd be a toss-up between uh, Apache Chief and um, uh, Cyborg. Anyway, not to geek out too much. I just say, go see the movie. Very good movie. A- absolutely worth attending in the theaters. Chris was, he had the same concerns I did. Beckloff, the, the guy who's an expert at geekery. But he's wrong on this one. This one's definitely worth seeing in the movie theater. Um, if you went and saw Batman vs. Superman, then this one you might as well go see in the theater. Superman's, and one of the things I didn't like about it is, and I'm not ruining anything, but they got to bring Superman back to life. One of my biggest complaints with the comic book industry world 
out of like maybe two or three of them. One, they always bring everybody back to life. And then the second thing is alternative worlds. Uh, like, oh yeah, oh, that's uh, well, that was that was in a different parallel dimension. Oh yeah, see, Superman was blasted to this other. You thought Darkseid killed him? No, he went to this other dimension. It, it just allows you to like get away with no integrity whatsoever. And then the the third thing I don't like is these crossovers. I don't like what was it? Chris was talking about how the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And, and the Avengers got together. What the hell are you... T- are you guys running out of that many ideas? It's comic books. You can create whole new comic book heroes. What is with this crossover shit? I understand when you get a team of people in the same world or universe together. Okay, yeah. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, all same universe. Infeasibility possible. They could have all known each other and teamed up to form the Justice League. Same thing with the Avengers. The guy who shoots the arrows and the, the chick that every guy wanted to bang. And then um, Iron Man, Captain America. Who's the other? Oh, and Spider-Man. All right. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of that. That's kind of cool. Kind of like 1980s Rumble in the... Not Rumble in the Jungle. They'd have the WrestleMania Rumble where like 20 guys who all get into the cage and fight. That's fine. But this... Oh, hey. I even think there was a crossover between... Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which is weird-ass sick shit. Mixing it up with maybe the Avengers. I don't know who they teamed up with, but it's some classical comic book group of people. No. No, no, that's just, we're, we're fresh out of ideas. We're, we're just fresh out of ideas. Don't, don't even buy, just go back to your drawing board and either work on comic book heroes that are already existing, already established, Come up with something new and creative, or come up with a whole new comic book hero. Whole new comic book character, or a group of characters. And hey, instead of disrespecting minorities, merely taking one already existing character, say, oh, okay, we'll make them white, or we'll make them black, or Hispanic, or female, or transgender. Instead of spinning in their face, maybe you create an original comic book character of whatever minority you know, trait you would like, and then, then minorities would have, hey, yeah, it's, it's Captain Fuck'em. Hey, Captain Fuck'em and the Screw'em All Gang. Ah, oh, go get him, Captain Fuck'em. And they're like, everyone's real proud of Captain Fuck'em. And then white people can get, hey, it's Captain Fuck'em. Yeah, he's pretty good. What does he do? He fucks people up with his fuck-up beam. Holy shit. I can't wait to see that. No, no, you guys don't, you don't have that creativity. Look at that. I was just more creative Creative there. I shit out better cartoon characters and comic book characters out of my ass. Hey, Captain Fuck'em. And, and, and Captain uh, Dicknuts. I don't know what his special power is. We'll figure it out later. It's just throwing stuff on the drawing board. Do you guys even have drawing boards? Do you guys even brainstorm over there in the comic book world anymore? You, well, we got a computer program, and it, it collates people's uh, comic book characters who already exist, we try every permutation to get them to fight each other, but then team up together with one another, but then to fight each other again, and then we're going to change everybody into at least a female, transsexual, and a Hispanic, and a black. we got to go through all that. And then, if we don't come up with any new people or characters, we can take already what we have, we could create six billion variants and permutations of these characters. I'd imagine it also has to be hard coming up with villains. 
You could always have Lex Luthor come back. I get that. Dark Side always comes back. The Joker, Batman. You gotta you gotta keep him in the rotation. So you can go a little bit easier. But look, if you could come up with new villains, can't you just come up with new superheroes? New worlds? It's an unlimited thing. Ah, nah, that takes effort. And you guys are just you guys have more important things to do, like bring politics into people's fun, because everybody knows they love politics and religion and, and sermons and proselytizing and moralizing in their fun, don't we? Because I know the NFL is really having some great statistics there with everybody shoving leftist politics down their throat. Nothing like a good dose of let's talk about racism when I'm just trying to watch Green Bay kick the shit out of the Vikings. Uh, yeah, so those are the two movies. Let's do some fan mail real quick. Haven't even gotten to the news yet. God, there's just so much news. It's, it, it almost gets away from There's so much stupid people. I almost kind of like, eh. Like Princeton. They were talking about, uh, is it Tom Woods? Yeah, the great Matt Baldoni sent me this. And Princeton's Ballroom Dance Association. They have some dance coming out. And they're a uh, local uh, fascist uh, community, te- uh, not teacher organization. Safety, anti-harassment, uh, Gestapo over there. Share, shame, something. Uh, they had this flyer out where they're indicating that while you're not not going up and asking a woman to dance. That makes sense. You say, would you like to dance? The girl says, no, yeah, yeah, okay. But if the girl says yes, okay, that's how it works. But you see, you're supposed to constantly ask, is, are, is everything all right for you? Are you doing okay? We can stop if you want to, which is really hard to do if you're a beginner dancer because you can't talk and keep the beat at the same time. Not to mention you got to yell over the music. Not to mention it's kind of assumed that if the girl said yes to a dance, she'd dance the entire dance with you. But no, we got we to gotta constantly ask, which then, now, well, two things. Let me, let me start off. Which is behind the curve. Tom Woods and Campus Reform, they're way behind the curve on this one. Because like two years ago, I think I was the Knoxville Swing Dance Association I saw. This has been going on. The social justice warriors have been getting into ballroom dancing at the college level. And for, for basically two reasons. One, because they need to bring their socialist, Nazi, hating-filled Gestapo religion uh, to every facet and every corner. But two, if you look at ballroom dance clubs at most of your universities... It does not have any good-looking people in in them anymore. This is where the physically repulsive rejects of humanity, and I do 100% mean that. You ever want to see Minneapolis or Minnesota's ugliest social justice warriors, just go down to a swing dance club. Salsa club, the Latino clubs, they still have some good-looking, sexy people, and they're getting a little old, but they're still good-looking. You want to see the rejects of society. You want to see virgins. It was so bad there were wallflowers. Go to, I don't want to mention where, but you go. Just go seek it out. If you ever come to the Twin Cities, go look up a swing dance. It, when I was there the last time, look, give you. let me explain it this way. The line dancing, which should not exist in swing dancing. That's not a thing. Line dancing was more popular than partner dancing. You want to know why? Because you don't have to dance with anybody in line dancing. You don't have to learn to lead or follow. And then when they played regular songs, it wasn't a line dance. You had wallflowers. Boys would not ask out the girls. Girls would not ask out the boys, no matter how independent they are. And then if you look at them, they are the ugly, virgin towel, beard neck, basement dwelling, and the women are fat with their tattoos. 
It's just disgusting. Just, just revolting. So that's now who's in command of the swing dance ballroom area at the college level, at the college level. There are still cool rockabilly joints, jazz clubs. But if you go to a university of such and such swing dance club, you're going to see the ugly people there, the social justice warriors. And then the second thing I was going to say is that this has been going on for a while. An agent in the field of mine sent me a, 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 a website saying, hey, check this out. And I think I even talked about it before on one of my podcasts where these people have rainbow-colored wristbands. So if you're harassed and assaulted, you can go and report it to them. Are they cops? No. Do they own the joint? No. Are they bouncers? No. Do they have any legal right to do anything of anything? Not really, no. They just were self-ordained Gestapo agents who were going to decide, like, oh, we're going to... And you know what? There wasn't even that many complaints, I bet. I bet they just had to do something beyond, I don't know, learn how to dance and have a good time. They always had to be in command. They always had to masturbate their religion of leftist, feminist, social justice warriorism. And we all know how much fun that makes ballroom dancing. So now over in Princeton... There's this flyer going around where you're supposed to constantly interrogate the poor woman, whether she still wants to dance, which I argue if the music is too loud, it's pretty hard to do. And it's almost impossible if you're a young, uh, begin, well, not young, but just a beginner dancer and you haven't gotten your, your basic footwork down yet because you can't chew gum and walk at the same time. Once you start talking, you're not, you're not focusing on your beat no more. And these people are ruining it. But it's old news. It's old news. I know Tom Woods. He's younger than me, but he, he hasn't. He's 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 behind the curve. Trust trust the old captain. I got my finger very far up the wrist, almost to the elbow, to get that pulse and see what it is. Everybody else is down by the wrist. Oh, oh! But that was the other one. That was the other thing. To borrow from the great one himself, this is a perfect example. This Princeton Ballroom Dance Association where you have to constantly ask women if they're okay dancing, if they're okay dancing, if they're okay dancing in the middle of the dance. Are, are women agents or objects? Do women have agency, self-control over their own decisions, responsibility for their decisions, and the right to determine things for themselves? Or are they objects that you have to constantly ask, check, take the pulse of, interrogate, look, evaluate, diagnose? Oh, do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want this? Because what they're basically saying is the woman does not have the ability to make up her mind on her own. Do you, are we done? Do you want to say? What, uh, what? It's, like, it's like talking to a little child or a dog or doting on some uh, spoiled rich gal from Marin, Marin, Marlin, Marlin County. What's the one over in San Francisco? And it, they, they don't even realize how hypocritical they are. They don't even realize how condescending that is to women. I think the woman said yes. I think the woman said no. She's okay. She'll let me know. She has the agency, the ability to tell me, hey, I don't want to dance anymore. Hey, no, I don't want you to walk me up to my house. No, I don't want to have sex tonight. No, I don't want to go out for a milkshakes with you. Oh, no, I'm terribly sorry. Or as typically, because women like to do this, well, yes, I'd love to go on a date with you. And then when it comes time to pick up the date, you got crickets chirpy. Like, hey, hello, anybody? Uh, did I? They just stand you up. Women have the, but apparently not the social justice warriors. Apparently not to leftist colleges, professors, and universities. 
Especially not telling you these leftist organizations. You women better start looking out. You may not like me. You may not like me. But I damn well do treat you like an equal. I don't mean, oh, do you need, do you want to do this? Are you sure you still want to do this? We're doing this now. Do you still want to keep going? I'm like, hey, she said yes. Or hey, she said no. All right, cool. Either way, you say yes, we go dance. At the end of this, thank you for the dance. That was very nice. Girl says, no, I don't feel like that. That's all right, too. I really appreciate it. We'll see you. Bye. I mean, it's just my female friends are actually real cool, kick-ass chicks. Maybe I just surround myself with superior people. And maybe, maybe the millennial retards of the college-age generation, you are so fucking inept. You, fat, you truly are age. I guess you've been indoctrinated by your parents, your teachers, and your, your, your uh, college counselors and your college professors. You guys don't ex- exhibit any true independent thought. I guess you young girls truly are uh, agentless. I guess you truly are objects. Go vote for Hillary. Go vote and major in the liberal arts. Follow your heart. Money will follow. Obama will provide for you and everything you are entitled. The government will check, will pay for itself. Do not take any action to make sure that your future has is brighter than, than it would be if other people pay for it. Nah, nah, nah. Maybe I, gotta re- maybe I really have to rethink this. Because you girls did just line up and do what you were told. You really did. There was not, I know there was some true independent minded, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying all millennial girls or all women in general. Uh, just do exactly what they're told. But by God, you want to talk about conformist. Uh, just look at your average millennial girl, college student, who's a liberal or a leftist. Maybe, maybe you girls don't have agency. Maybe you truly are objects because you sure the fuck act like it. I don't think we can get a robot to do the same thing reliably and over and over again with such consistency as to get young college girls to major in stupid fucking shit, pace away her parents, her money, and the taxpayers' money, and major in worthless liberal arts, and then vote Democrat all the time, while while hypocritically, brilliantly and hypocritically claiming at the same time, you're so independent-minded. I mean, while you have to have all these rules and laws... And in these flies, hey, a guy's got to keep asking you whether you're okay every minute. We need to be bailed out by the government because you majored in something stupid. I didn't know. Oh, my God. We got to be told. You all come out voting the exact same way. Yet, and then, I don't, and then, then, I guess the ultimate, the epitome of your conformity is when you all hypocritically come out and claim you're independent-minded. Because your teachers and professors told you to. Oh, it's just beautiful. It's just, I don't know. So maybe Princeton College girls are, are not agents, but they are objects. I know certainly there's got to be some Princeton College girls who thought that that was a stupid flyer, and that especially some within the dance community don't need that protection. They're like, no, I, I, if I tell a guy, I'll, I'll be fine dancing with a, a guy for five minutes. Even if I don't like, if he's got bad breath, I'll just suffer. Lord knows many girls suffered with me when I was just learning to dance. I'm not comfortable dancing. <clears throat> anyway, that has nothing to do with fan mail. But I got that off my chest. Aaron, I'm a real estate appraiser. I was doing an appraisal today for a gal who mentioned she was doing her doctorate at a local university. I asked what program she was in. And she told me a liberal arts women's studies program. 
Of course, I thought of your videos right away. I was chuckling to myself as she passionately talked about the program. Passion! Well, shit, I forgot that. Passion solves everything. Uh, I asked the logical question, well, what do you do once you get your doctorate? Teach? She said, yes. Again, I chuckled to myself, thinking back to your videos. Then she said she already teaches at a different college as an instructor. She teaches gender studies. I couldn't wait to get back to the office of sending the email. Quite comical regards. I won't mention your name. Yes, yes. She will complain she does not make enough money because she is so independent-minded and has critical thinking skills. And it's it's the sexism and the patriarchy, and that's why she's not making the money. Next fan mail. A lot of this isn't family. It's just guys, you guys sending me some good stuff here. Uh, this is my second message, but to be honest, I wasn't fully cognizant of the potentials ahead of me and was full of anxiety for the future when I first when I wrote the first one. I just came out of the identity politics movement, began to understand the American dream as protecting the democracy with our wealth, arms, and oil until it reaches its final nightmare. Um, oh, this is, I got to, let me, let me caution you on this. This is a request I had. I should have taken a note. This is a request I got at Asshole Consulting. And just to show you, you, you spurgonauts are out there, uh, and it's not relegated to the left. Uh, this is the, this is, I don't think it's a troll I don't. I think this is someone who spent way too much time in college and academia and has been, has a mind or her mind filled with so much garbage, so much worthless junk and made up words that this is, this is what their, their language, their thoughts have, are no longer anchored in reality. Uh, this is my second message. To be honest, I wasn't fully cognizant of the potentials ahead of me and was full of anxiety for the future when I wrote the first one. I came out of the identity politics movement, began understanding the American dream as protecting the democracy with our wealth, arms, and oil until it reaches its final nightmare in the imperial phase of its existence as, a, as the constitutional thesis of the world. While more fond of fighting for freedom than building up a, technoc- a techno- technocracy, I found my political place within the abolitionist movement after writing an essay about the Trojan Wars, what it taught me was how many Soviet interests in absolution as a student could be carthesized into information technology through def- deification and then power relation. Concurrently, I was learning about the depressed states of the nobility and got 13 consecutive levelers, crowns, and five extra after a flicker of the set, the Megazone stuff. After realizing that I'll be looking at the high road for the rest of my life, mostly because I have a positive introduction production output, I thought I'd start preparing myself for government since I have been bleeding the system without so much of a tax yet. Uh, so this task is for you. If you were looking for a president in the year 2088, I'll be 93, <clears throat> what would the qualification be? This year is very specific because that is when the peak of the imperial pillars diversity into skeptic and Christian, skeptic moving for life, Thanks for your time. Try to keep me anonymous. I did keep him anonymous because I'm not even going to make it. I can only remember his name. I said, yeah, dude, it'd be $1,000. And he got pissed off. He didn't. <laughs> Still don't know what the question was. Ah, that doesn't go in the momento box. That just goes into the, that goes into the garbage. That's where that belongs. Hi, Aaron. I'm not emailing you to request anything. You made a video for me a month ago or so called, I'm heading down the right path. Am I heading down the right path? I just want to email you and genuinely thank you. I've never been more disgusted with my generation recently and just remembered you made me a video. Your videos have basically made me 10 times better and more intelligent a person. I'm not 21, but anytime you're in North Carolina, I will have a beer with you anytime. 
Cheers and continue the good fight. Thank you very much. That goes into the memento box. <clears throat> I like getting emails when people said I have helped them. Because it's true. When you provide value for other people, then you get paid. When you teach women studies, you will get paid very little, but that payment comes at the force of a gun and by attaching it to other people's education. Mr. Clary, please do not post this in... Oh, well, I guess I can't. You don't want me to post it. I'll just put that in the memento box, too. Got a lot of female going on here. Something happened at Asshole Consulting that all you, did Asshole Appreciation Month work or something? Because, like, I just got slammed. Uh, who is this? Tyshawn. Uh, Tyshawn uh, had a real simple question. I frankly couldn't charge him for it. Uh, Tyshawn says, uh, Thank you, Captain. I'm a huge, longtime fan. I didn't know. It was, uh, wait. Am I reading this reverse? Let me just read you both things. Because he is singing my praises, and how many of my praises can we get? Not enough. Uh, thank you, Captain. I'm a huge fan, long-time fan. I didn't know it was for ex-cons, and my background was 100% clean. I'm just trying to learn this trade electrical and start a better career than working as a load receiver at this warehouse. I'm not interested in college or any credits, only the trade. If you have any more tips about the Job Corps, I would be very appreciative. Also, how much do you charge for this? I could send you money anytime, like Africa. This, this not. He just wanted to know if the Job Corps was legit, which it is. Um, I just told him to recommend Ansel Katsui. He says, oh my God, thank you so much, Captain. Uh, a lot of my friends know about you. I watched a lot of your videos when I was in high school. That's the time to listen to it, dude. That is the time to listen to it. Uh, yeah, you're going to have a, it's like, it's, if we could just change your trajectory by about 10 degrees up, you're going to go a lot further and higher down the road. Learn from you more than anyone else. If any time I meet, if anyone, oh, anyone I met has a problem, I will 100% send them asshole consulting. Also, when it came to joining the military, being a merchant marine was the only thing that caught my eye. Is something I would love to do. Where the job course in the military, as long as you jumpstart to a better high-paying career, will be content. Well, there's always the part-time military. Nothing wrong with being a guardsman or reserves. Let's put that into the memento box. <clears throat> Aaron, I just want to thank you for helping me. Your advertiser academic composition has helped me make a little money. I am a now out of work grad student who doesn't have any loans to pay. Uh, tell these guys to keep going to Alex. Thanks, LT. Well, no problem, LT. Glad that uh, Alex is helping you with a little employment. Remember, academiccomposition.com if you guys are looking for oh, part-time work. <clears throat> And you can't find a job out of college because you all majored in the liberal arts because you listened to what the social justice warriors told you and you're also independent-minded and you guys are agents and not objects. Aaron, I found your recent video trying to help a guy from San Francisco leave. Interesting, the one where you suggested Eastern Washington over Missouri. I'm from Washington and went to graduate school in Columbia, Missouri. I have some thoughts. I'd say Columbia is a very good city overall. Graduate students can afford houses there on their stipends. And there's a growing tech industry in the area. Kansas City is the tech hub, Silicon Prairie, and there are lots of tons. Uh, there are tons of jobs there. Both are conservative, libertarian enough, and the people are a lot friendlier than Washington. Moreover, the housing market there is good. Uh, not to mention, you get to see tornadoes. Some of my friends bought houses on the graduate student stipend and were able to sell them for a profit when they finished their math PhDs. Columbia also has a lot of 
the fun elements of leftist coastal cities, brew pubs, good restaurants, and so on. I'm not sure if you'd like it, but I'm still living in the Bellingham in northern Washington area. Wait. But I'm living in Bellingham in northern Washington state with my remote work job. It's a fun city, and there are some silly annoyances. Plastic bags are banned in the city. Uh, but the state income tax ban is, of course, in full effect. It's about 100,000 people, and one of the main industries is booze, where there's a bar on every street corner. Again, the fun brew pubs, bakeries, and restaurants. There's plenty of hiking and nature in town and lots of cool parks. I'm probably going to move east of the Cascades in due course, but Bellingham is by far the best leftist coastal city to live in. There's actually a guy here who waves a Trump flag in the morning at the traffic downtown, and I called to him. I talked to him. And he said he's not afraid because none of the guys in town know how to throw a punch or own a gun. <laughs> it's so sad. You can't. You can just basically like. Uh, it, it's it's sad. Leftist. Yeah, I'm, I know there's one or two leftists. I know there's the guy who who's a muscle bodybuilding guy and he's a vegan. I know that one person. But by and far, your leftists are pussies. Uh. So you can have some fun here, I guess. Best, I won't mention his last name. Yeah, look, Seattle and look, Washington State provides a very interesting opportunity in combination with Seattle or that whole populated uh, Puget Sound area. You don't have to live in Seattle. You don't have to live in the leftist, the den of the leftist shithole. You don't have to sit where all the kids that got tuberculosis and and, and uh, syphilis and whatever else on Pioneer Square who panhandle because they're the rich kids from Mercer Island. You don't have to go there. You can visit. You can get all the benefits of a major metro, a metro city like Seattle has. But you can live on the outskirts of town, which are t- traditionally more conservative. You know, And then as the liberals grow more and more up against into the Cascades, then you go on the other side of the Cascades. Go to Wentworth or um, no Leavenworth. Leavenworth. Go to Yakima. Spokane. But if you want to have the Seattle life but not pay Seattle taxes, don't live in Seattle. Live just outside of Seattle. And, you know, take the bus or whatever their train system is, you'll be fine. Uh, hang on. Let's get the remainder of the sponsors and I can just do all the news. I don't know if I'm going to get to it all. Uh, oh, shit, I missed it, fan mail. That's all right. I'll get that later. Cody sent me a, face, a fan mail on Facebook. Uh, the Hanging Chads. Tune in to the podcast, The Hanging Chads. If you have not already, search The Hanging Chads Podcast. Um, listen to Chad and Biz talk about Chad and Biz-like stuff. They have great interviews. And uh, you, they have an RSS feed. Thank God. Makes the things a lot easier. Uh, give the gift of early retirement this Christmas by going to Poor Richard's Retirement. Or no, go to Amazon and then go get Poor Richard's Retirement. Teaches you how to retire on less than $200,000 at retirement time. However, that's in today's money. Like if you're retiring 50 years from now, that's going to be a little bit more, but um, that's due to inflation. But go ahead, read that book. Because if you don't have a 401k or an IRA or any kind of other retirement funds, well, that book is for you and you should read it and it's very cheap. And technically it's an essay, so it's not that long. Uh, the Asshole Consulting Life Improvement Plan. If you are a loser, speaking of getting something for Christmas, look, it's very simple. If you want to lose weight, you want to get your driver's license, you want to move out of the house, you want to go to college, but for whatever reason, you're such a pathetic loser, you can't. It's a very simple process. You give me for two, you give me two thousand dollars, 
for every problem you want solved. Okay, now think about it. $2,000 to solve a problem. A big major one like, oh, I don't have a college degree, or I just can't get to college, or I can't find a job. I mean, truly loser, grade A loser shit. Because I'm getting sick of tired. Uh, uh, I sit at home and I jerk off the porn all day. Uh, and I don't go to the gym. And I eat for shit. My hair's falling out early. And, and uh, I, I don't go outside. And uh, How do I improve my life? I can't meet girls. I can't find a job. I'm, I'm getting sick of it. So we're going to take the lesson that I've learned about human psychology and asshole consulting. That we're going to give you a tremendous amount of pain. And then you'll learn and then you'll get out of it. So think about it. For $2,000, you can like lose weight. And that's going to save you money in the long run. Not to mention probably add 10 to 15 years to your life. You're not going to get diabetes. Lord knows the, the medicine for that and the doctor's visits alone is going to cost more than 2000 bucks. So hear me out on this. Because I'm such a nice fucking guy, to give you the incentives, well, Aaron, how does giving you $2,000 help me lose 50 pounds? It's very simple, because if you do live, lose 50 pounds, and you can prove it to me, the Asshole Life Improvement Plan will refund you a 1000 of the $200 you gave me. Not that hard. You're betting against yourself, and I am the bookie. Okay. So if you're serious, and you want to start improving your life, start writing down your big major problems you want solved. Don't come to me. I'm a loser and I don't know who is that. And the answer is obvious and you know it. You just need about a two thousand dollar kick in the ass to do it. And if like and we'll have we'll have a there's time, there's a, a time expiration to this. Like if a year goes by and you don't lose fifty pounds, I get to keep all the money and fuck you. And then you can email me, oh my god, I can't find I don't care, I got your money and I'm happy. And at least one of us is happy. At least one of our lives has been improved. Mine. But both of our lives can be improved where I get an extra $1,000 and you lose the fucking weight or you get a fucking job if you sign up for the Asshole Consulting's Life Improvement Plan. Look, go to assholeconsulting.com. Look for the LIP Life Improvement tab. Click on it. I go into details there. I guess I just described it here too. It's up to you. It's at assholeconsulting.com. If you like to advertise on the podcast you made, it's $50 a week. We have about 3,000 listeners weekly. Uh, but then I also uh, put a post up on my YouTube video. I do a YouTube, I do a commercial for you. And I put your banner ad up on my blog over at captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Speaking of people who advertise on the Clary pro- uh, podcast, we have Chad Elkins at elkinscpa.com. Tax season is coming up. Why don't you get your taxes in order now? So that come January 2nd, this is what literally what I do is like January 2nd, I do all my taxes. And then um, because I don't have, well, I got to wait for some 1099, but I get, I get all my receipts. I get everything, everything set and organized. And then um, now I just wait. And then when that comes in, I got my Excel spreadsheet, bada boom, bada bing, send off the payments or send off the taxes. Sometimes I get a refund. Uh... But that's the type of clients Chad Elkins wants. So if you are an extension filing motherfucker, E-F-M-F. If you're an E-F-M-F, extension filing motherfucker, yes, Chad does not want you being his client. He wants the better people. He wants the good people. The ones that are reliable and responsible or are just scared to piss by the IRS. 
So go to elkincpa.com, contact them now, maybe get a little, he has, I'm sure, well, don't quote me on this. I'm sure he, he has free inquiries, like you can inquire with him, like, hey, will you do my taxes this year? Well, okay, give me your phone number and all this. And he does other high-end finance stuff, which goes beyond my level of finance. I used to know what it was when I was young, but no one paid me to remember. Conservativebrew.com, please help out these boys. Go buy all your coffee through conservativebrew.com. It does taste a lot better than Black Rifle Coffee, and all of the proceeds go to non-liberal, whiny, leftist, social justice warrior, fair trade, bullshit conservatives. It goes to, well, they might be libertarian too, but it does go to leftists. So go get your coffee at conservativebrew.com. That's where I get my coffee because they pay me in coffee. It's a pretty good deal. Like, I like, it's like, hey, it's good coffee. We got the lead of extra, League of Extraordinary Podcasters, 405media.com. If you're sick and tired of listening to my podcast, there is a fleet, a squadron, uh, uh, an army of different podcasts, podcasters and shows over there. It's not just one podcast, but many, so you can tune in and see what, uh, what podcasts over there piques your interest. Obsidian Radio, our friend out in Philadelphia. If you happen to be of the black persuasion, you want to hear uh, Obsidian talk about things more typically related to, to black issues, you may. Financial Survival Network, if you're interested in more economics, precious metals, national debt, Federal Reserve, central banking type of stuff, check out our good friend Kerry Lutz over at FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com. Kanto Talk, our good friend Silvio Kanto over at Kanto Talk on BlogTalkRadio.com. He also has a book out called Cubanos in Wisconsin. That also happens to make a really good um, Christmas gift because he escaped Cuba when he, Cuba when he was ten, and he ended up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I, I don't. It's a real interesting story. Like how the hell he's like read the book. I'm like okay. <laughs> O'Shea Jackson, <clears throat> our good friend out in Poland, becoming a doctor. Check out his YouTube channel. Just search O'Shea Jackson. You'll find him. BlowMeUpTom.com, that is, of course, where St. Lycus broadcasts from. I also advise advertising on Tom Lycus' show. It's worth the money, and, of course, I advertise there. Uh, and I mentioned the Hanging Chads. we got the Black Brigade Debrief over at BlackBrigade.org, where DT goes in there and he be sad. Hey, oh, it's gloomy and it's sad. And it's dark out and it's cold. And I have a nice loving wife and two loving children. And my house is paid off. And I have six cords of wood. But I am still sad. Why I are so sad, I don't know. But that's that's DT. Uh, we have the Cynical Libertarian Society, Sin Lib Soch. JimFear138.blogspot.com. Go to JimFear138.blogspot.com. Rich Cooper over at Entrepreneurs in Cars. He's on YouTube. And the Michael, Kingwood, Michael Kingswood podcast. Go to podcast.michaelkingswood.com slash RSS if you want to download. He has more uh, <clears throat> literature. He's the author. He sponsored the um, uh, Glimmervale Chronicles on my show. Uh, but he writes a ton of stuff, and then he has his readings uh, that you may want to check out. The Safety Doc. Search the Safety Doc podcast, Dr. Paradin, uh, another fellow Wisconsinite. He's already gone through a cord of wood. He said he's gone through it. It's been very cold in the upper Midwest. And I save, I save my wood. Uh, he must have an overabundance of supply. Uh, but I save my wood only for Janu- uh, December, January, and February because that's where it saves you the most amount of money. Natural gas prices have come down enough that you can – it's pretty cheap to heat your house. It takes time to, to get a fire going. 
Um, although I did have a fire yesterday because it did get down to like the lower 20s. I'm like, ah, I'm not sleeping in this. But uh, yeah, check out the safety doc, Dr. David Paradin. Uh, it's all things safety. So it'd probably, it'd probably be more interesting to like your, you older folk who got kids. Uh, you know, like how to prevent your kids from getting kidnapped and butchered in a basement. Okay, if that interests you, uh, how to have your kid not get hit by a truck. Uh, anything to deal with safety in your kids, that's a pretty good sell, I'd have to say. So <laughs> tune in. It might literally save your kid's life and you from a life of misery. <clears throat> it was more of a threat to listen to his podcast, wasn't it? <laughs> you, uh, you like that kid of yours, yeah? I suggest you uh, tune into the safety doc if you know what's good for you. Uh, academiccomposition.com. Remember, they write papers for you so you don't have to in college. They will do your resume because you suck at doing it. And he's always hiring people to write and market. Okay? So if you don't like doing your papers, you don't like doing your paperwork because you, you, you want to go major and become a nurse or something. I don't know. Something legitimate. But now you got to take, take uh, uh, vaginal pubic hair studies and the oppression of women or pink vagina hats or whatever. Cra- you know, you can't even make fun of it anymore. You really can't. Like, you, you could become as crass as you want, but, you know, they, they had the vagina monologues come out a decade ago. It's kind of like, yeah, you, you're down one dark rabbit hole that even I can't even make fun of anymore because you guys reflect your craziness. You, there's no, nothing, nothing will stick on you anymore because you, you are what you have become. Uh, anyway, if you don't want to write papers for that worthless crap, that has nothing to do with becoming, I don't know, an MBA person or whatever. Consider contacting Alex at academiccomposition.com. JimFear138.blogspot.com. He's the guy who does all the audio work for my uh, books. He's very good, very professional, very affordable as well. He knows what he's doing, so if you're looking for some audio work there, please check him out. But also he has a good geek podcast uh, if you're interested in checking that out. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? Sent to me from one of my agents in the field, although it's not really news, it's Reddit. It's not really news, it's Reddit. Good raw upper stats, stats subpar WE, what are my chances? Well, I don't know what WE is, but I think it's the young lady that writes. I'm a graduate from UC Berkeley with a major in gender and women's studies at a 3.94 GP. Which, okay, let's stop right there. When you go into completely worthless, made-up fields that are designed to be easy so you may masturbate over yourself looking in a mirror, saying, oh my God, look at my plumbing. Don't think that your GPA, really, a 3.94 GPA in, uh, GPA in women's studies is not like nuclear engineering or medical school or dental school. Hell, becoming a mechanic is harder than that. And mechanic, mechanic that's not to be smirch a mechanic. Just to put it in kind of the same league. You're not smart. And a 750 on the GMAT. My WE isn't good. I've been a youth outreach coordinator. Ooh! For Asian Pacific Islander Legal Outreach. I make like 30000 a year, which in Berkeley is nothing. But, you know, money doesn't matter. To be honest, I was an overly idealistic and extremely naive. I was extremely liberal slash socialist, and that got worse as... That got worse at Berkeley, where I thought good intentions and a pedigreed university would empower me to change the world. I was deluding myself of the 
employabilities, uh, employability of a gender studies degree. How the, that will must be really strong to want to believe in lies. Again, I think that's where my next entrepreneurial ventures are going to be is in lies because you got people doing the work for you. As long as the lies are sweet, they the people's brains will come up and lie to themselves to hey to rationalize and buy it. You know, Marcus Brown bought himself a, a Mercedes. This girl got herself a, a degree in women's studies. I don't know how the Mercedes is going to make one rich. I, I, I really don't see in any logical way how gender studies is going to make you employable. And and what it basically boils down to, and what she's belying or exposing about leftists and liberals and social justice warriors, none of them actually believe it. They want to believe it. It's like religion. There's no way to believe it. Not honestly, not critically. They choose to believe it. And so that gives charlatans, be you of the cloth, promising salvation till in the afterlife, or a, a, a professor promising you employment as a social justice warrior bringing change to empower the world. And don't worry, you don't have to study math. I know it's very complicated because it's the patriarchy and the white man. They're making it so we don't make as much money as teachers as much as engineers do because that's patriarchy. Four years of studying that slop. But I, I like how it's okay. You Just admit it. You guys are lying. Deep down inside, I always, I always sensed that. I always smelled it. it smelled like rot, human rot. Because ultimately, what that leads to is we need somebody to take care of us. That's ultimately what it boils down to. Is, yeah, I know the job prospects aren't good, and yeah, I basically don't want to produce value for other people. I don't want to work hard. I don't want to study math. I don't want to look and ask, okay, what does the world want of me? I want to take, you know whip my dick out in the world, say, suck it, you're going to do what I want. And if you don't, I'm going to come up with all the excuses in the world as to why you're not giving it. they all ending with isterisms. Or idge. Uh, it's actually been a complete con to some corporate employers. I'm dis... What? Oh, a con. Not like a con artist, but like a, a pro and con. A drawback is what I think she was saying. It's actually been a, a, a drawback to some corporate employers. I'm disillusioned. No, you. I thought you just said you were lying to yourself. So now you're not disillusioned. You know exactly what you were doing the entire time. You're sad. You're depressed. You're crushed. And you're the one who did it to yourself, so you can't blame anybody. But you, you know exactly what's going on. You're not disillusioned at all. For the first time, you're thinking clearly. One could even say like this is the, the first time you've grown up and become an adult. Oh, you're probably not supporting yourself. You have a youth or outreach coordinator. So I guarantee tax money is going to pay for that. Somebody else who really doesn't want to pay for that is paying for you, right? You're really providing value. Uh, social justice work isn't for me and I want out. The fact that I've learned is that some marginal... The fact... Her writing is horrible. The fact is that I've learned... The fact that I have learned is that some marginalized groups are definitely victim of their circumstances, but others are there for generally poor decisions, and not all are there are deserving of unvarnished empathy. I can't take this anymore, but I haven't been able to get out a non get a non retail or non low level sales job in the business sector. Well, weren't you guys supposed to all go and and bitch and whine and complain and all get teaching jobs? 
I'll go work at the women's shelter or the anti-rape league over at every college, university, and campus. That's your primary employer. Isn't your job to go and make it like there's a rape epidemic? It's on college campuses, even though every bit of police data says otherwise. So you can go become a counselor? Then you get your master's and and a doctorate, and you can go to teacher. And you want to go work at the business sector? Much as I hate corporate America, and as inefficient as they are, they, they are, they got a, a modicum of efficiency. They need you to do something, like you got to stack boxes. That's all you're worth. My dad was a management consultant at Bain, and I miss my family's lifestyle standard of living. Good, I hope he cut you out. I want to go into management consulting now. With what? What great years of experience do you have? She's still delusional, ladies and gentlemen. I'm fine with tier two, big four boutiques. Doesn't have to be an MBB. What are my options? Someone even told me I could aim for a top law school and aim for MBB there. With my high GPA and aptitude for test taking, I got a 173 on the LSAT. A Harvard Law admit is likely. And I could go to MBB there. What are you just going to... Always want to avoid the work. Unlike business school, law school admissions is 90% raw stats, LP, uh, GPA plus 70 and LSAT. That said, I have no desire to be a lawyer. <laughs> this gal could use, she could use reconnaissance, man. Hang on, should I pipe? Ah, yeah, let me, hey, you know, let's, <clears throat> give me a second here, guys. Let me log in and I'll put a link, oh, I'll put a link to reconnaissance, man. She won't listen to it's already got 14 comments and like half the people are saying, oh, you sound like a Republican plant. There's, a, there's always that chance. Uh, Bing. Reconnaissance man. Copy link location. There we go. Uh, here's the comments. If you don't know what to do, why don't you simply take some time off? I recommend this book to put together a plan. This is how Cappy makes his money. Do, 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 do. This is how Clary pays for the honey. Do, 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 do. Of course, everybody doesn't believe her. All right. <clears throat> so that was that. Uh, what else we got? We got more news. Hang on here. Oh, this. hang on. This deserves its own intro. Now, listen, man. I like the news. You guys like the news? From the perfect socialist utopia of Silicon Valley. And I do mean that. I did wrote it. I wrote an article because I thought about it. Thought about some more and realized that the the... Only real proof of socialist success uh, that the left can point to is Silicon Valley. And the reason they are successful is they have convinced everybody there, when you consider state, local, taxes, everything else, and the hell they endure with traffic, paying through the nose and rent, and just totally giving up the true economic measure of self-respect, and that is disposable income, like freedom, the pursuit of happiness. They, they got 
They got those Californians, especially the Silicon Valley people, to come there. And when you take out taxes, living expense, like when you truly adjust for the quality of living, you, they're slaves. They're veritable slaves. Only maybe 15% of their income actually goes to something that they can do for fun. And so they're all bunking with each other, paying $3,000 a month rent, this and that. that. They got to have this car. They got to have that car. They all got to have Priuses, a Pri. It, it, it's amazing how they got human beings to willingly enslave themselves up to an 85% of, of their, their waking time. But the way they pulled it off, and you got to give it to the left, is they have proven to me that you can indoctrinate even some of the smartest people to vote against their own interests. You can, you can get uh, high-level IT people to go against their own self-best best interests and self-enslave themselves. And they could do it through all, all the tenets and, and pillars of, of leftist indoctrination, diversity, uh, empowerment of women, socialism, care of the poor, care of the old, care of people who can't fart too well, whatever. They'll come up with a cause. You'll, fi- you'll find your money going to something. But I do like it. When there's a little bit of trouble in perfect diversity, because ultimately it's living a lie. It, well, it's immoral, enslaving people to 85% of their waking hours and not letting them pursue happiness. I think it's, it's a sad testament uh, that even smart people can be brainwashed. It? And I think it's really dark and sad that with brainwashing, I remember, I've told you this story before, I'll tell it to you again, I could not understand how my peers in K through 12, could even befriend teachers. I'm like, don't you see these are evil people? Don't you see these are dumb, evil, disgusting, vile people? But I get, it's, it's dark because I guess you can take a human and brainwash them. You absolutely can. Or the vast majority. And then when they believe this doctrine, when they believe and this is their religion and they put their value and everything into it, and then the logical faults just come to a head or the bubble bursts or or it isn't so perfect and rosy. I just love seeing the reaction. From what are we? MSN.com. Apple fired its black diversity chief after she said whites could be diverse. Right there, why do you have a diversity chief? Oh, that's right. You guys are in Silicon Valley. You got to make work jobs for people that don't really have any talent. You got to act like you care. How much you want to bet Apple don't employ a proportional amount of black and Hispanics? How much you want to bet? Let me guess. All your minorities are Asian and East Indian. Is that it? Are you just like Google? You, you say it, but you don't mean it? Apple fired its diversity chief shortly after she made statements allowing that white people can come from diver- a diversity of backgrounds. Well, that's true. Don't know if that's true in leftist speak, but yes, obviously you can have someone come from the trailer park and somebody come from, you know, George Bush's background. Somebody's from Texas. Somebody's from uh, Montana. There, there is diversity among all people. Quote, there could be 12 white, blue-eyed, blonde men in a room, and they're going to be diverse too because they're going to bring a different life experience and life perspective to the conversation. Diversity and inclusion, chief. <laughs> Denise Young-Smith recently said at a summit in Columbia, according to the New York Post, what she says is true. But the problem for Denise Young-Smith, and I don't know how she undid her brainwashing, she starts, she's starting to use the English language literally. She's not using the Orwellian speech code she's supposed to in Silicon Valley. Quote, diversity is the human experience. 
I get a little bit frustrated when diversity or the term diversity is tagged to the people of color or the women or the LGBT, she said, according to Quartz. Her remarks did not sit well with some who interpreted her language as a... Okay, you're right. We're talking about two different languages. She is speaking English. She is not being evil or mean. She did not say, hey, screw minority people and women and those who are uh, uh, non-binary genders. She said there could be diversity among the same group of people uh, as long as they didn't, you know, they're not clones. That's basically what she says, the people are not clones. But you guys don't speak English there in Silicon Valley. You guys speak leftist Orwellianese. And she went against your religion. And she must be punished. Uh, who interpreted her language, called English, as a sign of support for what many consider a male hierarchy at the tech giant, given that most of the leadership positions are not held by minorities. Minorities at any time could start their own online, internet, media, mogul empire thing. You all can. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, guys, listen to this. Remember... The old Claremeister, he's racist, but Apple, just because people say they're not racist, that means they're not racist. But don't look at the old Capmeister's uh, actions. Don't look, don't, 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 just, if he doesn't say something you agree with, you know, you, you got to call him a racist. But Apple, they're goody too. She's like support Apple because they're diverse. As of 2017, 3% of Apple's leaders were black and 23% of total tech jobs were filled by women. Last I checked, women make half the population. And last I checked, black people make about 12-ish, 13-ish or so percent of the population. That doesn't seem too diverse. I wonder if they throw in all the Asian people they employ as slave labor. Like, or is it just the United States they look at? Because, I mean, they got a lot of minority hires over in China. Oh, but wait, the Chinese aren't the minority in China. And I'm sure you guys pay him a fair living wage. But it's all right for all of you sheep that went out and bought the $1,000 iPhone X and helped pay Chang 50 cents an hour over there. You guys just care so much about the world and society. (sighs) Smith previously headed up Apple's worldwide human resources for 20 years. Wow. Her career—that's an impressive career. Well, okay, human resources really isn't a career, but she spent two decades of her life uh, running their HR department. And just because she she got sick of it and told the truth, now she she's out. Never running into problematic statements with the company or its many higher ups. Smith later apologized for her statement. You never apologize. You guys never apologize. Saying. They were not representative of how I think about diversity or how Apple sees it, the Post reported. Smith was hired in May and will leave. Oh, she got her new position, I think they mean, in May. And will leave the position at the end of the year, making her 10 years, six months. We deeply believe that diversity drives innovation. Apple cocksuck, a spokesman, told TechCrunch in a statement, uh, explaining that they have hired a new chief who will work towards a more diverse workplace. Apple's latest diversity report said 50% of new hires are from historically unrepresented groups in tech. I got news for you. When the Clary Corporation ever goes public, which it won't because it would require hiring people and dealing with people, 
But if I ever ran a large corporation, we wouldn't have a CSR report. We wouldn't have a diversity report. You know what we have? We wouldn't even have an annual report. We'd have the 10K. We'd have the minimal amount of reporting that is required by law. We'd file it with the SEC, and everyone says, what's your carbon footprint? I'd say, shit, if I know. What's your diversity? I don't know. We don't look at that. We just hire the best. You know, we just, we're here to maximize and make money. We're here for excellence. And uh, we don't have the time and the resources to write diversity reports or CSR reports or even the annual report. If, if the shareholders, who are the ones who own the company, would like to see how our company is doing, you may download the 10K over at sec.edgar.gov. <clears throat> so I want to see what this lady's background was. HR for 20 years. Um, I want to see if she's married and all that. Like if she sold her soul to uh, the corporations or whether she actually managed to fit a life in there. Although she's living in Silicon Valley, I can't imagine she has a lot of time to spend with her family. Um, LinkedIn profile. No, I do uh, Okay, fine. I'll sign in. Sign in. You will sign in. If I can remember my login. There we go. Uh, I guess it's, there's not going to be a lot of personal information here. Yeah, she's been in. Uh, she's been with uh, HR at Apple since 1997. B.A. in communications and journalism. Social activities include National Merit Scholar, Alpha Kappa Alpha, my goodness, AKA dance troupe and dance instructor. University of Phoenix. Got her master's degree in organizational development at the University of Phoenix. Apple hires... Boy, don't tell me you weren't an affirmative action hire, lady. You got a shitty undergrad. You got a worthless degree from a worthless college. And you get to sit and park your ass for two fucking decades at, one of, at a top position at one of America's... If not America... I think by market cap, America's largest and most successful corporation. Oh, for fuck's sake. Where'd that diversity get you now? Oh, this she's friends with Jeff Weiner, a CEO at LinkedIn. Angela Arnhans, senior vice president, Apple Retail. Oh, these people! I just don't want to hang out with them. She's a very attractive woman. I won't deny that. Um, I just, I, I, I do not mean. She, she stood up for what's right. I, I just, I just can't. I'm, I'm, I'm torn. And one half, half, this was like a gal who just didn't want to fucking work. Someone's going to score very low on the Clary test. On the other hand, I'm very proud. That took a lot of balls to stand up and say, hey, uh, white people matter too. Uh, you know, you can have diversity within groups of same people. Hang on. Let's uh, see if we got a family here. I'm not trying to stalk her. I just want to see, like, okay, she put all of her life into this career. Does she? Did she pass out on a fan. She ain't gonna have no kids. Learn more about Denise. Yeah, I do want to learn more about Denise. Is she balanced? Does she have a, a truly well-rounded life, including, you know, husband, kids, fun?
Bear with me, guys. Bear with me. Oh, it's a hyphenated name. Okay, maybe she is. Oh, no, that's not it. All right, I don't know. I'm going to assume with the hyphenated name, she was. She voted left. She voted Democrat. Her degree is worthless. She got married, insisted on her last name being hyphenated. Everything, I guarantee, let's put it this way. The chances of her putting her career first and foremost is at 90%. And now that she dared to, like, actually be a real leader and point out the emperor has no damn clothes, now that's gone. She's lost her entire career and everything. No one's going to touch her again. Oh, I don't know. If any non-leftist employers out there had some balls, they'd hire her. But she, I guarantee you, she put her career and herself first. And now that that's gone, she has no family, or at least not a stable family to fall back upon. Not a strong man. It's like, no, you're, you're not hyphenating your name. You're taking my name. And God Almighty, help those kids aren't hanging out with Marissa Meyer and the outsourced daycare camp with uh, billionaire nannies over at Marin County. Maybe Nancy Pelosi, when she retires, she could be a nanny. Wouldn't she be a nice nanny? <laughs> Kids would be buried in the basement. I wouldn't trust that one. Oh, my God. She, ooh. What a witch. Uh, all right. Let's get back to the. All right. Last couple of uh, items of sponsors and all that. Remember, I got my two classes. If you want to learn more about the stock market and investing and all that, I have two classes. That you have to pay for, unfortunately. One is called the Analysis Evaluation of Stocks. The other one is called Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My is the more popular of the two uh, <clears throat> because it's introductory. It, um, if you don't know anything about the stock market or bonds, you know, how does the stock market work, take that class. If you really want to learn something really good and really neat and I think is more intellectually stimulating, although maybe not universally applicable, I would take the analysis evaluation of stocks because that teaches you accounting, how to read financial statements, and then tangentially how to do your taxes, how to read income statements, how to be a better financial analyst on your own, analyze your own personal finances, but then also teaches you some economics and the concept of valuation. How does one value assets, in this particular case, stocks? So they're available online. Just search their titles, the analysis evaluation of stocks, and then stocks, bonds, investing, oh my. I don't know why, uh, but I've already had two new clients from my Betterment affiliate program. I keep thinking, oh, no one bought so now I'm not going to do it. <clears throat> but then also I got a check from Betterment. So I'm like, yeah, guys, if you're looking for a place to invest and you don't want to dick around with fees and this and that, go to my Betterment affiliate program. It's a robo-advisor. You just fill out an online survey, uh, and then based on your life expectancy and this and that and that and this, it comes up with this perfectly allocated portfolio of different indexed funds. It's not trying to beat the market. It's trying to match the market. And because of that, it means it's very cheap. They don't hire people. And all they did back in the olden days, olden days, two years ago, even today, you go into your financial advisor. Your financial advisor is a salesman or woman. And they just ask you questions and plug that information in. So if you can plug things into a computer about yourself, you can cut out that person's 3% cut or whatever per annum uh, out of your portfolio. Uh, This is what I will use when I have absolutely nothing left to do with my money but invest in the stock market. 
as you know, the old captain advises you to pay off your debts first. Because that car loan of 7% or your student loans of 7% or your credit cards of 13%, those are all much higher interest rates than what you're going to earn in dividend yields and interest rates on very high quality bonds. Plus, paying off your debts is risk-free. Nothing really can go wrong with that. But don't listen to the captain. Uh, Don't listen to the kid who had his house paid off at 42. No, he doesn't know nothing. Don't listen to him. But I get a mortgage deduction. Won't it lower my taxes with my mortgage interest write Oh, you fucking people. Do you not know how interest write-offs work? No, it won't. Pay off your fucking house. It's like Americans are just addicted to blood, blood, but no, no, just, just shut up and do what I say. It, you ask how, do you want to be me? You, you want to be, I want to have my position? Okay, shut the fuck up and pay off debt. But, 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 I heard that the government sometime might allow me to write off my, shut the fuck up and pay off your goddamn debts. Look, the Jews said it, the Christians said it, even Mohammed in the desert said it. Let's pay off our debts and fall in love, all right? Pay off your fucking debts. In the meantime, when you have all your debts paid off, you don't know what to do with your money, go to Betterment and sign up for my affiliate program by going to captivecapitalism.blogspot.com and click on the banner and blah, 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 and I get my money. We have my two best of books where I took all my best writings from my blog, Captain Capitalism Top Shelf, Captain Capitalism Reserve. You can find those on Amazon, both in Kindle and paperback. If you're looking to buy gold, go to my guy, Mike, MN, like Minnesota, mngoldbuyer.com, or you can call him at 763-657-7843. That is 763-657-7843. Call him up. That's where I buy all my precious metals. Uh, He'll get you a good price. You got to pay for insurance and delivery. Because you don't want, you know, the the mailman making off with your gold or your your silver. So you do want to insure it. But if you don't have 200 ounces per person, 200 ounces per person of silver, then you don't have enough precious metals according to my rule of thumb that I ever so roughly made up with a little bit of economic research. So don't quote me on that either. But if you would go uh, to my buddy, he is my good friend too. And uh, I go and I buy all my stuff from him. Let him know that the captain sent you. He's helped me out a lot in the past, uh, and I'd simply like to repay him the favor because, really, he is a good friend, and he really did help me. Uh, not without charity or kindness, but he threw a little bit of work my way back when I needed it, and I always like to return the favor. And so if you want to help out a real good, honest guy, oh, not not a leftist socialist person, by the way, not a leftist socialist. So if you like your money to go to not a leftist socialist person who helped out the old captain in, your old, in his olden days, uh, contact my buddy Mike, 763-657-7843. And that's it. Vote, subscribe, like, comment, share, tell friends, enemies, loved ones, people you genuinely are indifferent about. Men, check your nuts for testicular cancer. Ladies, buying cute pink shit that big burly men wear on their gloves or the balls or their jock strap when they're playing scoopy ball or dribble fuck or, or kicky flat. Uh, that does not cure cancer. Doesn't even prevent it. Go and get a mammogram and make sure you do not have any, is it benign or malignant? What's the bad one? Just go get a mammogram, okay? Go get tested, all right? Knock it off with the feel-good social justice warrior pink gloves bullshit. Fuck Suman G. Komen. 
Go to get a mammogram once a year or whatever your doctor recommends. All right, that's it. We'll see you kids later. Toodles.